This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. It's okay to have bad days. It's okay to have a lot of bad days. It doesn't mean something's wrong with you. You just need some support. Visit BetterHelp.com allies and let's figure out how to take care of you. Hello, and welcome to the Easy Eyes Podcast, shot here, Thursday nights, in Los Angeles, California. I don't know what this is, but I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's like radio energy. I'm your moderator, Daniel Bloodworth, and I'm joined by Michael Huber. Greetings, listeners. And Ben Moore. Konnichiwa. And in the control room, Isla Hink and Don Casanova. Hello. Don's waving hello. Distinguished guests, we're here to discuss some of the biggest headlines in video games this week. This energy is throwing me for a yeah. loop. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to real night mellow, radio blood. mellow podcast tonight. Uh, but before we do that, we must answer for the mistakes we made in the last episode. Isla, begin sense. corrections music, please. Boop! Oh, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Who messed up? Uh, hang oh, on. Yeah, the light. Leave it in. Leave it in. Why did the light software go away? Leave this in, Don. This is all part of it. Okay. There we go. Except I'm on me, so they didn't get to see my beautiful lighting transition. You saw a different transition. <laughs> okay, uh, boop. <laughs> uh, when talking about classic Sonic games getting delisted, I complained that Sonic Origin should include the original emulated versions of the games as well. It does. Oh, nice. Or at least something close, as there is a classic mode which features, quote-unquote, the game's original resolution and limited lives. Okay. Sweet. So, we'll have to see how okay. how close it is, but it talk like, yeah, it sounds like it's the original version. Uh, I was looking uh, at Disney Dreamlight Valley screenshots and said that one of them looked like Pirates of the Caribbean mixed with Little Mermaid. The person I was referring to is totally just Prince Elric. <laughs> no crossover implied whatsoever. The costume threw me off. I don't know Wait, why. Who's, who's, yeah, who's that? That's, that's from Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. That's the prince. So it's a crossover between Little Mermaid and Little Mermaid. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah there's the, no crossover. I'm not the Disney lore guy. Yeah. <laughs> I probably haven't seen Little Mermaid like, oh, since yeah. I was a teenager. Yeah, 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 it's been. I've gone on the ride. I've gone on the ride oh. re- yeah. recently. More, yeah. more than seeing the movie, and yeah. the ride story <laughs> is uh, drastically shortened. <laughs> Such good music. Yeah, that movie. Short. One of the best. wait on that ride, which is nice. Oh yeah. Very, very oh, yeah. casual. Jump on, jump off. Uh, and not exactly a correction, uh, but several people spoke up to say that Yuji Naka has a reputation for being hard to work with. So as we were thinking, uh, his dismissal by Square Enix could very well be justified depending on how he presented said feedback to Arzest. I feel like we said exactly this. Yeah, yeah, I think some people are just, yeah. Okay. Joining in and saying, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. There's, there's... Reaffirming. There's yeah. more there, yeah. Vin Diesel situation. Yeah. Dude, Dude hard to work the deal? Well, the director, I don't gossip, but the director said they left because hmm. of Vin Diesel, man. Did I ever tell don't you my... Huh. Yeah. I don't know if Sophia would want me to tell you her Vin Diesel story. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing weird. Just, yeah. 
Uh, if you have a correction, uh, leave it in the YouTube comments, uh, starting with the word correction, and uh, put a timestamp there so we know what thing you're correcting. Uh, and you can use either the uh, Patreon version or the public version uh, to put those comments in, and I will find them. Hey, I think we did a pretty good job. That those are some light Not corrections. Me, but yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> corrections, corrections coming in live from our behind. Oh, here now. we go. Coming in live from our behind the scenes chat here. It's Prince Eric. Eric, not Elric. Why did I say Elric? Prince Eric from from Little Mermaid. <laughs> he said Elric. I think. Yeah, I think. Whatever. Typo somewhere. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Now and Corrections, corrections music. Oh, I, boop. So it's Prince Eric. Yeah. Prince Eric. Part Elric is full metal alchemist. <laughs> There's a crossover. Uh, Googling Prince Elric. Uh, it's Prince Elric. Elric Dragon Mel- Quest. Melnibone. Isn't there a Dragon Quest Elric? Fictional character. Dragon Quest Elric? You're thinking of Dragon Quest... Maybe not. Are you thinking of... Elric? Erdwick? Yeah, where the hell is... Erdwick is Dragon Quest, yeah. Yeah. What is Elric from? I had a friend named Elric. That's what Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Alphonse. (laughs) Alphonse. I'll watch some Brotherhood. I didn't finish, though. Eight, oh, eight man, forty. It, uh, it like made me, the, dude. The end. I know, oh I know. boy, I love got, me, what I got saw. me in tears. I know. I know. Like actually, Chad yeah. is saying that that's Elrond. No, what? Elrond is Lord, that's of the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Oh 8.55 now. This is a troll. Oh, boy. Just Disney. I, I Wikipedia don't, I don't the little think, You know what? I think next week is going to be worse for corrections. <laughs> That's going to be my prediction. Blood, Blood put us on this train when he started weird, like, NPR energy. We're spinning yeah, out now. Dragon Quest 1. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. With, yeah. Okay. 9.15. We got to move on. We got to move on. Wild, unexpected news. Uh... Square Enix is uh, getting rid of Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal, Mm -hmm. uh, selling them to uh, the Embracer Group for uh, $300 million, uh, including Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal, uh, as well as uh, the IP uh, for uh, Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Legacy of Kane, and then more than 50 back catalog games, which are unspecified. That uh, they've been doing so much with the legacy of Kane IP, so <laughs> right. it's really crazy to see that interrupted. There was remember that they had that uh, there's like oh, canceled yes. footage and stuff that oh, came out. Canceled, a while, I think we were yeah, talking about Nazgoth, but no, it's uh, Nazgoth, yeah, Nazgoth, sure. <laughs> Nazgoth, no. <laughs> um, Square Enix plans to spend the money on blockchain AI and the cloud. Very cool. <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. Uh. <laughs> Uh, God damn it! I mean, I'm sure there's some R and D to be done, but it's a weird, weird trade-off there. Yeah, weird way of justifying that trade-off. Conflicting reports. Say- I don't know if you saw the Washington Journal, the NFT article. It's conflicted, but there was just an article from the Washington Post about NFT sales are down this year, 92 percent versus last year. Or yeah, whatever. they like. Oh yeah. But then, yeah. but then the yeah. the crypto bros came in and were like, "No, there's this data, this data." But That's, it was a, it was interesting from the Washington Post. S- sales start to slow down when people wake up to the scam. Uh, there's no official words so far that I've seen, but it doesn't seem likely that this would include sleeping dogs. Uh, Square Enix is still publishing. Other Western games. Weren't they supposed to make a Sleeping Dogs movie? With Donnie Yen, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was who attached, knows? Loosely attached, yes. Uh, Western franchises that Square Enix will still be in charge of include Life is Strange, Outriders, and Just Cause. Interesting. Uh, they just, uh, they just uh, 
previewed Outriders uh, World Slayer, the big, right. big expansion. I like Outriders. Maybe I'll hop in for that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the initiative confirmed that Crystal Dynamics will continue to work on Perfect Dark. Uh, so, yeah, just some in- initial thoughts until we get into some other nitty-gritty stuff. When I was reading uh, about this, just skimming through the article, it seems like Embracer Group also owns Gearbox as well. Yeah, I think they own, Gearbox so is di- fairly recent, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're collecting a lot of things. I mean, this is this is pretty big, but also if you look at sort of the Square Enix response of we have been disappointed in the sales of these Western properties, right. yeah. uh, it... The writing, I think, is kind of on the wall, and it 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 never seemed like a good relationship from the outset. Really, if if expectations were so high and continuously not met, um, well, it's weird because when you say from the outset, right? I look back at the outset is a wrong way. The Tomb Raider reboot and uh, Deus Ex: Human Revolution. Those are the best ones. Those those feel like they were great. They nailed it. They let those companies do what they wanted to do. Yep. And then from there, it's yeah. like they wanted to manage them and like, okay, mm-hmm. now we've got these great big brands. Let's make Call of Duty out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I guess uh, uh, not from the outset. That is incorrect. For a long time yeah. now, yeah, uh, I, I feel like things have kind of been out of sync. Um, but obviously, it, like particularly within the gaming sphere, those are you know pretty huge consequential names. So it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Like, I don't know what, I don't know anything about Embracer Group, so I don't know so where, how they would want right. to shepherd any of these things. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll to, get to that a little bit. But yeah. Shout out to Bossman for keeping tabs on Embracer Group for like <laughs> five years, just like this shadowy organization, Akatsuki-like yeah. vibes. Uh, I think this is a good time for this because... The Tomb Raider trilogy just ended, and Deus Ex was, like, on hiatus. Mm-hmm. So I think changing hands here is... It's a good time. It's a good time for it, because it, now we can get kind of this new beginning with it. It's not like they're coming in mid-trilogy, you know, right. all these big shake-ups. Well, Deus Ex is kind of mid-trilogy, but yeah. For sure, but it feels like if Deus Ex comes back, they can take it in numerous directions. We could yeah. go. We could continue with Jensen. We could remake the first one. We could do another spinoff with different characters. It feels like a good time to kind of take stock of each of those franchises and then plan where they're going to go. I I see what you're saying, and I think the the one property where i don't see that working is tomb raider right cuz i f- i feel like the reboot trilogy was such a we are starting over here is the beginning of her story <laughs> that if you just did that again if they were yeah, like sure. we are re- we're starting from slate 0 and lara i would be like i don't care like you just yeah, did that you, you, just, just, right. you mind that so heavily that that's not a direction I would go. I could soft reboot, but like I think that they already. I think thing. though they already have the I plan because be, they've been talking about Tomb Raider the past couple of months. Yeah, <laughs> I could be interested in a remake, possibly, um, or like I wonder. It would be interesting to do like maybe even like a. This is maybe too wild, maybe, but like a Sonic Mania style where it's yeah. like we're gonna take from all the different eras of Tomb Raider mm. and, and and try to make a new thing. But yeah, like like a sequel reboot or something. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. It does need a new direction. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't like if if the premise is we're going to show you how she becomes the Tomb Raider. <laughs> He's not I'm out. Like <laughs> yeah. I I get it. 
Um, it's funny that you bring that up because I actually had, had tagged on like a almost like a bonus love and respect question is because somebody was asking like, what if they essentially remade, did a remake of the original Tomb Raider? Like not even going and, to and remake, reboot, not being part yeah. of like the continuing story or canon, but just like, just like Resident Evil style. Mm-hmm. Like bring that back and just make it modern. They're so trendy right now. It would, I would not be surprised. Resident Evil is a really interesting comparison because, you know, like the Resident Evil 2 remake completely changes how that game plays. And that, that is the kind of the level I think that you would need to go to because the original Tomb Raider is completely designed around how it controls. Mm-hmm. Whether you like that or not, like, right. it, it, you, you, <laughs> you, know, you can't just like have those levels with a new control scheme. You'd have to completely change the whole thing. But that could be really interesting. And honestly, like, just straight up, don't try to do Uncharted again, please. Yeah. Like, that's, that would be my biggest thing. Hmm. Is if you could kind of get away from like this automatic climbing, like it takes care of itself, quick time event sort of stuff, like make platforming risky and dangerous and fun again. If you could do that, I don't, I that probably doesn't have a wide enough appeal, I guess, but yeah, because I like all what sets it apart, all the crafting and like the tombs and stuff, like that stuff is good when when I start. Comparing the gunplay to Uncharted, that's when I'm just like, I, I shouldn't do this because it's, right. you know, that's not my favorite parts of Tomb Raider. Yeah, yeah, I feel like the like you're saying that like the, the actual tombs were, yeah. were the best part of that, you know. Yeah. And then sometimes the way that they connected, the way that they would, you know, you would get a new device, and then like that would allow you to trek back a little bit in cool ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was just something like as the series went on, it just became sort of harder to yeah. stay invested in. I like the first one the most, yeah, for sure, out of the three. And Blood, I know you're familiar with the good old Breach mode and that whole right. Mankind Divided controversy. Honestly, like with how all of that played out, Mankind Divided, and, and the aftermath of that all, like this is good news for Deus Ex, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think... Yeah, because those are the two things to me that are like emblematic of the Square Enix or whoever mm-hmm. management level things just interfering yeah. was Tomb Raider having <sighs> multiplayer that nobody cared about. Yeah. Just, just who knows how much money that sucked up. Wasn't there like a I, weird like time trial one too? Some I, time trial that, mode or something? It's, that had completely exited yeah, my brain. Exactly. Same, same. It was so pointlessly insignificant. Um, um, and then, yeah, the breach mode, as well as yeah. all the other marketing stuff that they just totally like, killed, nonsense. Pe- killed Mankind Divided. Yeah. People didn't want to have anything to do with it. Truly, yeah. yeah. And then the, the ending, of course, the game just it felt unfinished. <laughs> well, yeah. And that was the other thing. It's like, oh, we're going to set up. So we're going to just like yeah. put one out every year and it'll just have this train of money rolling along. Again, like the basically the Call of Duty fying yep. these franchises that wasn't going to work. Sad. Um, not to keep going back to Tomb Raider, but. Something else that I would really like to see is, like, if you go back to that original game, it's so campy and fun. Mm. Like, it's just, it kind of really embraces its own ridiculousness and sort of treats Lara like this kind of comic book character. You know, she's this gun-toting, (laughs) sunglass-wielding, bad... Like, it's a a fun, silly adventure. Um, And the reboots were so... So serious, and I feel like a lot when you have sort of an action platformer now, not even that it's bad, but like they're all just so fucking serious. Like they're all trying to be these these deep 
dramas. And I just, I think there is room to like ease up a little bit. Like yeah. just have some yeah. fun with it. Yeah, because like it's debatable, you know. People will say like, oh, I like, you know, Shadow the most or Rise the most or the first one most. And for me, I'm coming at it like, all right, maybe in an isolated chamber, you know, maybe number two or three is better than one. But like exactly like you're talking about, Ben, by the time I get there, it's just like, I'm tired of this, you know? Mm-hmm. By the time I get to the third game, it's like, yo, I'm tired of this tone. I'm tired of this story kind of. Yeah, and to, it just, to me, it's not even necessarily about like how it being serious. It's this sense of like, you're having to like live through this like trauma. You know, like you're having to endure like all of these like painful events and mm-hmm. things like that. And it, and you know, and just suffering, just watching Lara suffer through three games. Yeah, it's just Seriously, yeah. like just make the act of exploring a tomb <laughs> exciting enough on its own. Like mm-hmm. you don't do you do you always need with all of these properties the emotional trauma along with them? I don't think so. Yeah. Now the one, uh, you know, saying good good news for Deus Ex, and then yeah. get going with that. But bad or unknown news for Guardians of the Galaxy, which unknown, um, honestly unknown. Yeah, because that kind of got a similar thing with them, right? It's like they made a really great game. Yeah. It didn't get pushed well. Thankfully, there didn't seem to be like any kind of meddling in the same way. It's like no, they got yeah. to make a good game and put it out there, but because. People didn't know what to think of it. People didn't know what to make of it. Then it really wasn't until like after launch that it started picking up. And really it started getting awards and all of this. Mouth. And yeah, the, the word of mouth started pushing it. Yeah. Um, but you know, Square Enix made that deal with Marvel and Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, unless it's similar to you know what Crystal Dynamics is doing with the initiative, and like, yeah. okay, you know, they're. Montre- Idos Montreal is owned by the Embracer Group, but they're still going to make this project with Square Enix or something like that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem very hopeful. I that hope Guardians like, would stay with them. I don't know. After so much Marvel content, this game still had so much heart, so much passion poured into it. This is like it's just such a feel-good game, and that would be just like one of gaming's tragedies if we don't get a follow-up to this because that game is just so good and so awesome yeah what a shame that it came out in like the super lull between guardians related things right Right. because like even in the new thor the guardians are going to be part Mm -hmm. of it right and so like it just it it feels like if maybe it could have come out at a time where like there was guardians 3 or just something to help it as well, I don't know. Yeah, it's well, it's strange because it's sort of you know that's like one of the the difficulties that it has, right? That it's like it's this comparison because most people only know of Guardians because of the MCU, and mm-hmm. so it's like okay, well, this is different, and the colors seem off, and all of that at first glance. Yeah. And then playing that game, it's it's yeah. like it's like being introduced to them for the first time. Yeah. Like just so much other stuff. Fantastic. That the movies doesn't have time to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, Cosmo. <laughs> yeah, it's just jolly. just a feel good jolly yeah. game, and just so well written, so yeah. well written. The biggest, so biggest well strength, acted. yeah. So yeah, I have no idea what's gonna happen. I think uh, one thing we haven't fully touched on is the price tag. I know a lot of the mm. sentiment out there is that this was a steal. Yeah, they were giving this at, away. Yeah, you're looking at billion dollar deals for Bungie and, and yeah. stuff for Destiny, and now this is gaming royalty. You know, Tomb Raider. 
legendary, like Deus Ex, hugely celebrated, maybe not the biggest franchise ever, mm-hmm. but like still like gaming history mm-hmm. for $300 million total to go in to get like liquid yeah. to invest in blockchain. Like, well, that's that's I just, yeah, I think that really points to the sad state of affairs is you're, you're, you're talking about cultural significance that doesn't necessarily translate mm-hmm. to dollar value. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it it is just the way I think this industry is going and the way these properties are being evaluated. They're not being evaluated in terms of like cultural significance. They're being evaluated in terms of like continuous revenue, right? Yeah. Destiny, Destiny is continuous for, revenue. Prince right. money. Right. Prince money. Right. Yeah. And just it's like how long can we squeeze this fruit is I think yeah. kind of the overriding sentiment. Well then I think yeah. too with, with Destiny it's it's you know it's sort That's of it huge. sort of goes along with what you're saying with what what Square Enix is using the money for. It's like Sony is investing in Bungie because not just Destiny, but what can Bungie's team and talent bring to the other things that we want to do mm-hmm. to right. continue the live service yes. train, you know, yeah. so. Um, it's a great call. Yeah, because the Deus Ex and a Tomb Raider come out and it's done, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Shadow uh, of the Tomb Raider, it's like, what was that budget? They, that budget has actually been revealed. It's like 80-something million, I think, for... Shadow of the Tomb Raider, something like that? A continuous live service Tomb Raider sounds like the worst possible thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, so yeah, so you were asking about what's Embracer Group have. Uh, I was looking them up. They say they have like ten operative groups, one hundred and twenty-four studios. They could so the honestly make the their own console with exclusive games. And just some names to throw out there. I, I didn't write down everything, obviously. Where we're did not, Embracer come from? Uh, I'd have to dig into Is that a little like bit more. The but, Illuminati, but uh, one hundred ten million for. I want to say yes. Yeah. Uh, but they have they have THQ Nordic. They recently gotten Gearbox. Mm-hmm. They have uh, Saber Interactive, uh, Coffee Stain, Coffee Stain, which wasn't too long ago. Uh, Deep Silver, which I think was one of the earliest ones. Yeah. Uh, Flying Wild Hog, uh, Prime Matter, which they sort of like created like in the last year or two, uh, and then put a whole bunch of things under that. Uh, War Horse. Um, Milestone, who does like all of those uh, motorbike games and the Hot mm-hmm. Wheels game, mm-hmm. is Warhorse Kingdom come? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 3D Realms was fairly recent. Uh, Asp- 3D Realms, I had that I missed that one. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Aspire. Um, you know who do have been doing all those Star Wars ports and who are working on the uh, Kotor remake. Okay. Uh, Zen Studios, uh, who I think is the one that does all the, the pinball games. Uh, Bugbear Entertainment, who does Wreckfest. Wreckfest. Gunfire Games. uh, Rainbow Studios, who does MX vs. ATV. Gunfire, is that like Darksiders? I think they did the Darksiders. The like Genesis one, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that was it. Um, And then uh, they also have Dark Horse Media now, Dark Horse Comics and that stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and then, like I said, there's a lot of other like individual studios, you know, within all of that. So, yeah, they are just embracing as much as they can you know especially with with all those thq franchises and stuff there's a lot there this this uh, oh i I looked into its origins if you want oh yeah great this arms race just is not stopping like everything is going to get sucked up until Mm -hmm. there's only a handful left it is out of control 
Yeah. Um, okay, so origins. Uh, you know, cursory look, so this won't be exhaustive, but Embracer Group AB, formerly, no, formerly Nordic Games Licensing AB, Nordic Games, okay. and THQ Nordic AB, uh, is a Swedish video game company and media holding company based out of Karlstad. The company was established under the name Nordic Games Licensing in 20, uh, 2011 as part of Nordic Games Group and as the parent of publisher Nordic Games GmbH. Uh... Yeah, so basically they, after they acquired THQ, they were calling themselves that, and THQ Nordic AB specifically, but then they renamed it Embracer Group to avoid confusion with THQ Nordic, which is part of them also, but right. makes games or whatever. Got um, it, got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Which I think, honestly, if I'm if I'm thinking it through... Might have been a mistake because now everyone's like, Embracer Group, where'd they come from? They're evil. Whereas, like, THQ Nordic, I'm like, oh, it's THQ Nordic. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, even though it's like, you know, I don't know. It's funny. But, yeah, so what's interesting is, like, when you look at all of those different companies and studios and things, it, it does sort of feel like they're all doing their own thing. Yeah, there's not a through line there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah, what do you make of that? Them, there's Embracer Group just... Wanting to own more, yeah. and then they're just I like, mean, All right, they're investing in what they want to I invest mean, in, yeah. you know. Like, and uh, well, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but um, you know, they also you know helped out with the Shenmue three, mm-hmm. you know. So it, it looks like in coffee scenes, another good example of like, yeah, kind of you know smaller indie kind of things, but like, hey, we like this, put it in there. Hmm. Yeah, you. I, I feel like it, among a decent number of those names, you do have. Valuable properties, right? Yeah, so Gearbox. Like, I mean, that's right. a huge. Yeah, Gearbox is huge. Yeah. yeah, all the THQ stuff is huge. Yeah, Crystal Dynamics. That's huge. So, yeah. I wonder. I I wonder if they will go down like the remake remaster route with some of the quick those. payday. You know, recoup some losses. I it think, makes so they... much sense to get Deus Ex in people's hands again, whether that's a remaster or like remaking the first one. Definitely, I think remasters are. They've primed. done a good job of keeping that available, at least on on PC. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and and playable. But I, I mean, I can imagine there would be a good amount of fanfare if they're just like, "Yep, we're putting all the Legacy of Kane games." Out oh my on god, Spot, right, sure. that would be yeah. huge. Yeah, right. So it's like that, huge. and that seems like an easy payday. Yeah. So, that's your three hundred million right there. Yeah. yeah. So then the next thing I was trying to look into, <laughs> and, and this was this is difficult. It was trying to figure out what are these fifty back catalog games. I've got no idea. So I'm looking at stuff that Crystal Dynamics and IDOS have in their back catalog. A lot of the stuff that they published were like ports of things, so like PC and stuff. So like stuff that's listed under them, like Final Fantasy VII's in there, Dragon Warrior Monsters in there, Power Stone is in there. It's like they don't own these games. Power Stone? Yeah. Is in there? But they just published it somewhere. You, you said know? Dragon Warrior Monsters, which that that was a very long time yeah. ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so, so like each so I've, I've got some of the bigger Wait, ones that I pulled on. out of there, but please, it's please don't move on. Can, what can be done with Power Stone? Can they do anything? No, with it's it? Capcom's game. Yeah, That's why Cap- I'm saying okay. that they don't have anything. I just want to make sure. It. I just want before I move. But there's on, a lot of these that are like that. Where like <laughs> I don't know if they can do anything here. Like Gex, I think is probably theirs. I think it's probably one of theirs that they can probably do something Gex with. Gex is everyone's. Pandemonium, I would not have known about oh, if it weren't for Don Castro. Gex should be public domain. <laughs> 
Don just began screaming wildly. He's like, ah! Gags! <laughs> uh, thief? No, we, but pandemonium. Oh, pandemonium. Thief is one that we could probably get. Because mm-hmm. ah. they, they did that uh, new thief game a couple years ago. That wasn't thief great. It's not great. It's not great. It's not Gloomwood great. Gloomwood win. It's not great. Yeah. Uh, Commandos was listed under really there. Weren't bland. you a Commandos yeah, fan, Huber? I love Commandos. Yeah. I don't know if it's theirs or not, but it's listed as something that they published. Sick. Uh, that was IDOS. Yeah. That was IDOS back in the day. Yeah. Uh, Daikatana was in there. Daikatana. Oh, my God. EOE, Eve of Extinction, Trash oh, Babies. Oh, Trash Babies. <laughs> Check out Trash Babies. Fear Effect was in there. Oh, dude. But I don't know that they have anything to do with Fear Effect. Sexual Awakening, Bloodworth. <laughs> um, Kane and Lynch, but that was an IO Interactive Kane game. So do they have Kane and Lynch or does IO have Kane and Lynch? Isla? IO. IO Interactive oh. Hitman. I was like, I definitely don't have Kane and Lynch, Bloodworth. The first thing that comes to my mind with Kane and Lynch is them being like naked, strapped yep. to chairs. Every time. Every, every time. time. Every, <laughs> sexual Awakening. An entire level where you're escaping naked. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, of naked, Pocket Pool was in there. <laughs> it had is, something to do with that. Bloodwork. I had to review that game of game trailers. It's a PSP I bet game. You right? It was that a game, PSP Bloodwork. game where you played pool and then unlocked like scandalous photographs <laughs> by playing. Pool. They should bring that back out and yeah. video. And it was like, boot. what do you mean you had it, to review this? You I had got, to review you this. got to a, review this. <laughs> we got to track this review now. Here's the thing: even if this was a, a, a concept that you wanted, it was bad at everything it was trying to do. <laughs> You had a, a, a pool game <laughs> that played worse than any other pool game, like even sh- like free shareware pool games <laughs> out there. And then you would have to play like hundreds of games of pool to like unlock anything anyways. It was terrible. Um, I think Stephanie you. actually, uh, she, she was the one that cut that. <laughs> this was at Game Trailers? Yeah. Hang on. I don't know if the, it still exists out there, but oh my gosh. It was... Uh, that was uh, an adventure. I remember even because we had like the PSP capture unit and then like the TV. Yeah. And like somebody came by and was like, you have to turn the TV off, please. Because <laughs> it was like. There's people walking by. We're seeing. <laughs> oh, my God. Pocket Pool. <laughs> 33 from Game Trailers on Metacritic. Yeah. Pocket Pool is just another miserable attempt at using sex to sell a terrible game. <laughs> While there aren't many billboard uh, billiard options for the PSP, pool fans should look elsewhere and avoid the embarrassment of their girlfriend catching them playing with it. <laughs> Bloodworth. <laughs> oh. oh, I love that. Uh, and then there's uh, Project Snowblind, which was that weird game. We put up, we put uh, pulled it up in the Deus Ex uh, retrospective. It was like started as sort of a Deus Ex game, and then they changed it to its own thing. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and then the last one I wrote down was Time Splitters, which Time Splitters. no, like Crytek has pl- Time Splitters now. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, what the fifty back catalog games are, very unclear to me. Very. What unclear. is going to come out of this that's going to be worthwhile, yeah. other than Tomb Raider and Deus Ex and Legacy of Kane? I, I don't know. Maybe Gex. I'll take a Power Stone remaster right now. <laughs> you gotta get yes, Capcom. Yeah. Sign you gotta me get up. Capcom on that. <laughs> Who did Bushido Blade? I want more of that. That was Square. Oh, yeah. Oh, was I don't square. know if that was in house or if that was like Acquire or something, but mm. Yeah, mm. not sure. It mm. might be. Look that up. Well, Embracer Group, probably not done. Yeah. 
And then we've got Square Enix Montreal, who've done like Lara Croft Go and Hitman Go, and like actually games that I've enjoyed, like solid games. Developed by Lightweight and Square? Mm. Bushido Blade? Lightweight. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not familiar with Lightweight. Neither am I. Neither am I. Um, Uh, I feel like with uh, Tomb Raider Go and, and Hitman Go, I... I like the concept, but mm-hmm. after a while, I'm just like, okay, I'm over this. Like, it, it goes from, like, it, it, it's weird. It's like, it goes from fun to tedious with, like, no in-between with me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, get, I get burned out on those games. Totally. Yeah, to me, it's, it, they're just weird. They're weird because they, like, work and, and sort of don't work in the mobile market because, like, they're good, like, one-hit, get-your-fix games and you're done. Mm. But, like, the mobile market is just not about that. <laughs> But I like those are the games that I actually end up playing are and, are, are like Lara Croft Go, yeah. And mm. the uh, the top down one, like Curse of Osiris, right? Yeah, those were so. There were two of them, right? Yeah, the, the co op ones, yeah. So good. So, but I, mean, I don't they, I don't know if Square Enix Square Enix Montreal made that or Crystal Dynamics made that. Okay, because that could be a cheaper way. Right. to bring Tomb Raider back. And those are awesome games. I mean, that'd be a nice first step of like, hey, new Tomb Raider, but it's, yeah. you know, the I top wonder, down ones. I wonder how much of a splash that would make. Mm-hmm. Oh, just to have another yeah. one of the top down ones? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know, I mean, we do know for sure that like AAA Tomb Raider is on the way. They, yeah. they uh, in the Unreal uh, press conference I am a couple months ago or so weeks ago. so interested to see what direction... Same. New AAA Tomb Raider takes. Yeah. Very, very curious. Same, same, same. But for, for Square Enix uh, Montreal, they're going to need a new name. And they're in, as, When I was there, at least, they were in the same building as Eidos Montreal, so what, call it like Eidos Go or something. Eidos Go, I like that. <laughs> at least Actually, if they're going to keep making mobile games. Yeah. yeah. I actually really like that. Eidos <laughs> <laughs> Go. But yeah, any other thoughts on uh, this craziness before we move on? Watch out, Ubisoft. Embracer <laughs> right. Group's coming for you. It feels like we're in a... They're shoring up. They're trying to make sure they don't get bought. We'll see. Yeah. I love how long people have been trying to hostile take over Ubisoft. Yeah. It's like... Bonk. And now the family's like, we got to we gotta buy buy more, make sure they don't it's do it. It's so wild. It it's like wild. succession over there. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're in a... We're still in sort of this transition period where I, I think like this generation is still very much trying mm. to define itself... Um, I definitely think like Elden Ring is going to be a game that is brought up a lot when discussing this generation, but I don't think we've had like a ton of those experiences yet. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just feels like the the pieces are being shuffled around right now, right? Like the board is still being set up. So I don't know. It'll be an interesting next couple of years, I think. Yeah. Ben. Yes. Last week we were excited about a teaser for I don't know Warcraft. if I would say excited. <laughs> Interesting. You, you were pretty, you were pretty I was vocal curious. Yeah, when it popped up. Yeah, I wanted to know. And, and the email true. that they sent you to tease this right. said that, you know, we're going to be taking our Warcraft adventures, adventures on, the, on go. the go. Yeah. Uh, it was not that. <laughs> this was utterly depressing. <laughs> it was it, like, I don't, did you watch the film? I did watch it. Yeah. 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 That was that was an interesting choice on how they did that video. Interesting is generous. <laughs> um, so they did a ten minute Jesus. video that where they introduced the game. Uh, you know, they, this uh, Warcraft Arclight Rumble uh, is an action packed mobile strategy game where you collect over sixty characters uh, from across the Warcraft universe. 
brought to life as lovingly sculpted tabletop miniatures and triumph through an epic single-player campaign with over 70 missions, tackle cooperative missions with friends, and test their armies in a competitive player-versus-player mode. Um, and, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, yeah, the, we've got, we've got some gameplay rolling here too, but the, uh, the, the thing that, like, struck me about the presentation, which is, which is different than the, just the straight gameplay, mm-hmm. is that they were just, like, making fun of their, like, it was like a blooper reel through the whole video. It was strange. So. They had a chaos count. For every time that they said chaos. It has been a number of years since I've watched any sort of Hearthstone presentation, but Hearthstone presentations used to have this problem where they were trying so hard it was painful, and I get that they're trying to be fun, but they, like, they are trying so hard and are so on the nose with everything that it, like, it actually completely backfires and feels, like, entirely disingenuous like you you like i i said this i was like physically cringing watching it and it was just it it made like i i don't think the gameplay speaks highly on its own right we can get into that but the presentation just made it even worse where it just it felt so awkward and just like i don't want to be a part of this yeah. Well, I felt like they were kind of like distracting you from the game because they would start explaining how the gameplay works. Mm-hmm. And then they would, you know, again, the chaos counter would pop up or they're like, oh, shinies, you well, know, and things like that. And it's like, wait, I just I almost understood what this is. <laughs> and now you've like, you know, broken that train of thought in the presentation because they're like, we're going to play a game for you. And they're like, oh, this guy designed the map. And then he loses on right. his own map, and they just kept it in the edit. And I, it's like, you think that this is, like, funny and cute, but it's just kind of, like, embarrassing and awkward. It doesn't really, like, illustrate, I think, what you're trying to talk about. Because then they just roll from that, like, into another rematch. Like, here we go again. And it, yeah, it's just, it was so, it was so strange. But the reason I wanted to talk about this, mm-hmm. um, no one wants this. Mm. Uh... I this don't was, think anyone was, wants this. This was <laughs> the uh, this was like conceived in a boardroom. Yeah, for sure. That's that's what it that's what it reeks of. And I think yeah. I think it's important to to note that because of in stark comparison to Blizzard's legacy, right? So Blizzard, not all that long ago, games from Blizzard would be few and far between. But when they revealed themselves. It was like an earth-shattering effect. An like you event. felt, you felt the excitement around the industry, and you would take a look at something, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was like like these 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 hype trailers, and you'd be like, "Holy shit! I cannot believe how good that looks!" Yeah. Like I can't wait to play that thing, and you felt like, you know, hopefully all the time you've been waiting and been something. But regardless, the point that I'm trying to say is that. Blizzard games felt like they were exciting and they felt very distinct, right? And they they felt like game festivals in their own right. And if you were to show me just the gameplay, right, with no branding or logos or anything, right, just kind of that zoomed out minion-based tower defense gameplay, I could not tell you that this was Warcraft. And this certainly doesn't Mm -hmm. look, 
you know, industry shattering or like they're really trying to push the boundaries or they're like super obsessed with quality. I don't get any of those things. This this is just run of the mill mobile game mm-hmm. number 897, you know, like it it's just nothing, yeah. right? Like cuz even at best case scenario, you're like, "Oh, it could be fun or like, oh yeah, sure, maybe you know it's on your phone, boot it up, oh it's fun. Yeah. But like that's best case scenario. I really think right. you nailed it when you're like, nobody wants this. Like who is going to sleep and like dreaming about playing right. this ex- like this exact game? You and know? It's, I it's can totally so weird too, because like the the jokes make it seem like a game aimed at kids. The the shots and, like, the girl with the pink gun and stuff make it be like, okay, you're trying to ape, like, Jinx from League of Legends. You're trying to, like, Me Too on Riot or something. Not that Me Too, but, like, Me Also. And then, like, but using Ballroom Blitz is like, okay, so this is for 50-year-olds? Oh, yeah. It's like, what What are we doing? It's like, who is this for? Who wants this? Yeah. And maybe I could be more lenient if I felt like the Warcraft brand was, like, mm-hmm. at the top of its game, mm-hmm. right? And, like... WoW was, like, absolutely crushing it. And maybe the next WoW expansion will be good. I don't know. I don't really care. But I think that's kind of the point I'm trying to get at is I feel like WoW has just been in this, like, mass exodus. Everybody's unhappy, has been unhappy for a long time, right? And so for, like, this to be the next Warcraft game, it's depressing, just... Depressing, like it, you said earlier. Yeah, it's depressing. I mean, like, it, it sounds like hyperbole, but it's really yeah. true. I mean, those foundational Blizzard games, mm-hmm. the core ones, like... They changed people's lives. Like they yeah. were, they were industry warping games. Yeah, I, mean, I totally remember like roommates being obsessed with Warcraft yeah. when it came oh out. My God. Every, everybody, Warcraft two, dude. Three, our age has countless, has their own version of yeah. some sort of Blizzard game, you know, affecting them that much. And Huber, you hit the nail on the head. It's like best case scenario is when I'm waiting to get a haircut, I might boot this up, and it's like, and it's like, oh, cool. That's such a far cry from, like, the glory days where, like, I don't know, I feel like this kind of thing would have never have happened. And, Ben, you nailed it on the head because context here is so crucial. Not only Blizzard's legacy, but what's happening at Blizzard now doesn't doesn't allow me to give them the benefit of the doubt. They, I'm no, going yeah. to be... Even more harsh yes. because of all the problematic shit going down at that company. If the, if like From Software comes out and they're like, "Yo, we're doing a mobile thing," you know, like a mobile Dark Souls. It's like, all right, you've given me so much. You're the yeah. best. Like, mm-hmm. let's try it out. Right? Sure. Yeah. But like after everything that's going down at Blizzard, like I'm gonna be even more more critical and harsh and and skeptical. And it's not just. Uh, or like Rumble, actually. Um, if you would have told me in 2016 that I'd be completely apathetic to a sequel to Overwatch, I would have like, I I can't even convince myself to play the beta. Same, same. same like I had same, 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 Twitch same, running same, in the background same. to get the key. I got the key. I installed it, <laughs> and I just I'm like I just don't care enough to play it because when I watch others play it. It just literally looks yeah. like it's it's so depressing yeah. being like, wait a minute, I played on that map six years ago. What are you doing? What what is going on? Like it's it's just the same bullshit. Yeah. Like I have a I have a theory, actually. What you were saying made me think of this, right? Because um obviously it's not a perfect one-to-one analog because technology moves so quickly, but it makes me think about film, right? It's like 
Everyone now watching Citizen Kane thinks it's boring because everything that came after Citizen Kane aped from it. And that was 45, 50 years into the life cycle of film, right? Mm. And like Blizzard was so earth shattering and so groundbreaking for so many people early on. And it's like they're not growing and changing. Everyone else is taking from them and they've moved beyond it. And that's why, like, everything they've shown lately feels like it's, like, from 15 years ago. Uh-huh. Because they're, Such a they're good call. still 10 years ago. Like, and yep. they're not iterating. It's it's really kind of interesting. And, like, well, film is kind of – or uh, games are s- still, like, not that old a medium, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. At- I, like, I, I kind of agree with that. But regardless of how you feel about it now or in 2022, it is undeniable that – like Overwatch was earth shattering. Like you, oh, yeah. you played it, and you're like, but it this does feel looks... old now. Sure, yeah, now yeah, yeah. I agree. But I'm just saying, like, 2016, they still had it in them. I just, I think the problem. Uh, there are many problems at Blizzard, right? Which we've discussed on this podcast. But I think it speaks to a wider issue of, like, Final Fantasy 14 is a very old game at this point. Realm Reborn is a very old game, but. The way the developers present themselves and the way that they interact with fans clearly and obviously communicates that they care yeah. and they want to make them happy. Yeah. And they're and honest. It's so much more right. fun when you're but, a, a consumer and playing the game. It's like that relationship. I love that. Right. I love so this, loving I, the I studio. One of the things with the presentation that speaks to this, Ben, is... You know, after that gameplay demo where they show like kind of the single player, like how this works, and they're talking right. about like it being like, you know, it's tower offense, not tower defense, and and you know, and it, like every map is going to be like a little bit of a puzzle, and then they're like, oh, we forgot to talk about PvP. Oh, we forgot to talk about raids, and then and but that was that was it. We're ending now. Like, what? Why did? Right. Why did you bring it up and act like you forgot to? Th- you no, intentionally but, didn't talk about it, but you said you forgot to talk. Like it was so weird. But I want to finish this point because their their attitude, I think, is we are so good that we will give you what we want to give you when we want to give it to you, and that attitude is fine when you could deliver the best games in the world. I think the only way Blizzard changes is if they like get out there basically on their hands and knees and and realize we are not even close to the top dogs anymore. We're just not. We yeah. just are not. And until they fully embrace that humility, like nothing is going to change, right? Like like not to just go back to Final Fantasy 14, but that was basically what happened where it's like, oh my God, we messed up so bad. We are going to completely rebuild this thing. And they have not lost that sense of humility despite players rising and rising and rising and rising and that game getting you know more attention than ever recently, right? And so, like, I don't know. I, I, I think if, like... <laughs> Just get over yourselves. I, I just that's, don't know what else to say. Right. That's like what uh, our, our behind-the-scenes <laughs> chat is is saying similar things. They're saying, like, Pete says that they're trying to recapture the magic instead of just showing us new magic. But the magic, yeah, the magic is gone. Right. Like, oh, the, the, it's, it, they're playing catch-up with themselves, and the industry used to play catch-up with Blizzard, and now they're trying to play catch-up with their past. It's yeah, so I, weird. I, Cause, yeah, because yeah, everything does just... Feel old like Warcraft has World of Warcraft has been going on so long. Overwatch One has been going on so long. Hearthstone has been going on so long. Like 
you want to boot up StarCraft 2, that, that's old. You know, there, there's no support really anymore. Well, like, all these things have been going on for so long. It's like the definition of, so of resting on their laurels. Yeah. It's like, like, 14 is the perfect counterpoint, Ben, because it's like, they... They almost make it feel like a collaboration with the player base. Like, yeah. Because they're they so open and they listen. And Blizzard is like in their tower abusing each other and being like, no, we make perfect, beautiful games. And it's like, no, you don't, bro. I mean, <laughs> I feel like you can echo this across different Blizzard games just based on what I heard. But ba- like on my own experiences, when I was so heavily invested in Hearthstone, you had all these great personalities and content creators who j- I feel like just kind of like fell away from the game. And there were so many people that would be like, please change this. Please fix this. This is annoying. And they just got fed up and they left. Right. And I've, I, I've, you've heard the same thing with Overwatch. Like that game just it took over the world and then died because they couldn't respond. They couldn't figure out how to deal with their own community. Um and now, like, so many top-level talent people have left Blizzard. It just, like, it feels like it's in utter shambles. Yeah, yeah. And, and with Overwatch 2, it felt like they were, they were more interested in, like, monetizing Overwatch League and, like, being the cool kids at the mm. party instead of, like, making the game better or, like, changing things and listening to the players. Yeah, they were, they were more just about, like, we're going to build a stadium and do this cool stuff. And it's like, uh, I don't know, maybe like you're putting the, the court before the, the cart before the horse a little bit. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I do you think, do you think the old, their old model can even survive in today's day and age? Because they were like, kind of like, Hear, hear me out. They were kind of were like live service before live service in the sense that like every time they release a game, it's built to last right. for a really long time. Do right. you think Blizzard moving forward needs to abandon that approach and just make kick-ass games and sequels at a quicker pace? Or do you think they can still do the old way of like, yo, when World of Warcraft 2 comes out, it's going to be 20 years or like it's going to be t- 10 more years before Overwatch 3? Well... I, I think the example that you're talking about, right, like like World of Warcraft is a great example where there were a bunch of MMOs that came out in the wake of World of Warcraft and all of them died because they weren't on World of Warcraft's level of quality. And so I think that was ingrained in Blizzard's mind where it's like, we're, we may take forever, we may be slow, but when we do release something, it's going to be the best of the best, which I'm not even sure they're capable of that anymore. But the way the industry has worked, right? So, like, Diablo 4 is a good example. Path of Exile, you listen to those guys talk. They are directly inspired by Diablo 2. So all the things that Blizzard did in Diablo 2... They're taking those lessons. And they've and gotten some of those guys to help out with some of their stuff, too. Yeah. They're, they're, they're taking all those lessons and, and putting it into the game. And, like, Path of Exile is this thing that's had this incredibly long, successful life that's been extremely generous to free-to-play players. And it's, it's, it gets new content constantly. So even if, hypothetically, let's say Diablo 4 is, you know, out the gate better than Path of Exile 2, let's just entertain that thought. I'm not convinced that Blizzard could keep up with grinding gear games like commitment, like community interaction, and like just updates. Like yeah. I, I just they I just, just, I just, they just announced an update today. The, I, the Sentinel yeah. expansion. Yeah. I just think they're going to get outpaced, and and I I think the audience will reflect that. I think the community will reflect that. 
Is there, I mean, is there anything that you would have, other than like a full WoW mobile, is there anything else that you think that could have actually hit a splash with this this week's announcement? Um, Do you think there would have been a somehow like a, a strategy game similar to this that would have worked, or does it just feel like it's just so oversaturated in the market? Well, this is a good question. I think the reason why I wanted it to be WoW Mobile is because it is so crazy and big that that would feel like old Blizzard to me, where it's mm-hmm. like, That's I don't know ambitious. if I'm going to be into this, but it's like, this yeah. feels ambitious. Yeah. I, I think something like a, a super story-driven, like, turn-based RPG could have been interesting, like, kind of a, like, really well-done Tales from Warcraft could have totally, been cool. Totally, dude. Um, totally. Anything other than this, anything that just didn't seem immediately disposable, I think would have been good. Something that really felt inspired. I, I can't even put my finger exactly on what that would be. Um, yeah. But yeah. Well, I think one of the things that kind of struck me, too, is that this whole, you know, part of this presentation, like the cinematic opening and stuff, it's like this whole, like, game within a game idea. Mm-hmm. You know, like she walks up to the machine and puts her, her quarter in or whatever. And, yeah. You know, and then they assemble these you know, uh, like figurines. And there's even parts in, in the cinematic trailer where, like, they f- and they do the gag twice where a guy's arm will pop off. Yeah. You know, because they're just toys. Yeah. And and he, and I think, number one, it's weird because that sense of them looking like toys doesn't come across once you get to gameplay. Yeah, it'd be cool if there were, like, Disney <laughs> Infinity style, Everything's way like, too small for you yeah. to see that yeah. kind of rendering. And then, but I think it also plays to what you're saying, Ben, where it's just like, it makes it feel sort of insignificant. It's like, well, yeah, this is a game within a game. It doesn't matter. The, the other thing that I just thought of is these, these products are really like cannibalizing themselves because if one of your hooks is like play with all of these like Warcraft creatures and characters that you know that are sort of legendary, it's like you already did that with Hearthstone and you already did that with Heroes, Heroes of the Storm. Storm. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you're like play as these iconic characters... You've already done that. Like it, it means nothing anymore. Like that, that's not cool or special. And they at already this point. canceled Heroes of the Storm. Right. So, yeah, it's upsetting. <laughs> it's upsetting. Do you think you will at least check it out and play it, or are you just like just not into it? I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't even muster enthusiasm. I, I, yeah, I don't even think I'll play Overwatch. I think that's too. a like, great. I have <laughs> say, I can't no even, desire for Blizzard games right now. I like, can't nothing. even muster. I've forgotten that yeah. Overwatch, the Overwatch two bit is installed on my computer. Yeah. So mm. I, I, I don't know. I no desire. Maybe out of curiosity, I will. Uh, but like right now in this moment, I, I feel nothing but apathy. If if only we had an employee who was into. <laughs> soulless, hyper-repetitive mobile games <laughs> that, that that you could almost even just auto-battle. I don't know. We should we call had, him. If we had someone like that around, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of mobile, Fortnite is back. Crazy. On iOS and Android. Yeah, I saw you post that and I was like, oh. Not really, but yes, really. Um, I know this. Effectively for players, it is. Uh, but yeah, so basically... What happened? Uh, so, as you know, the whole giant lawsuit history, you know, Epic played some games to try to, you know, to 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 rig themselves into a lawsuit against Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got pulled off of the App Store and the and the Android Store. Um, and then, uh, similarly, around the same time, Xbox was trying to get their cloud gaming app onto iOS and 
Apple wasn't having. It's like, oh yeah, this will let people bypass the App Store. We don't want to do that. So they've teamed up now, and Xbox Alliance. Cloud Gaming will now allow you to play anywhere because it's it's browser based. So you just go to xbox.com/play, and there it is. Wow. And Fortnite is the first free-to-play game. So it's a kind of a loophole. On, yeah, it's kind of a loophole, but I don't know Back that there's shady much deals. that Apple could do about this it. This is hilarious. I yeah. yeah. <laughs> because it's browser-based. This is prime backdoor shady deals. I wouldn't put it past <laughs> Apple to, like, block that URL or something. <laughs> like, right. Straight up. Yeah, I, I don't know if they can because, I mean, oh it, it's, you know, it works with all the other stuff. Because that's the thing, too, is all the other cloud games until now for Xbox... There was the the earlier beta that you had to be, you know, like in, 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 you know, get the invite and everything too. But now it's been a Game Pass Ultimate feature. But now with Fortnite, this is the first time it's like, nope, free to play. As long as you have a Microsoft account, you can play this game. Cool. Just more ways for people to play. I'm always done with that. Yeah. And I know this has been a huge battle, right? So we're finally maybe nearing the finish line of this. Yeah, it's going to be Apple interesting. Apple v Fortnite. Yeah. What will this, like, will this make, will this be the fuel that pushes them to put back on the App Store? Or is it just, like, Epic is like, no, nope, we don't need you. Yeah. So this is what we're going to do. I love Microsoft getting involved. Just, like, quarrel. Big time quarrel. Rivalry now. It's like, is Apple going to retaliate somehow? Like, I was saying, block that URL. Or... Yeah. It's I, interesting. I think this is, Definitely good, and I definitely think uh, I, I, I appreciate that this option exists for people. But I have to imagine there is a pretty large contingency of people that are like not on top of gaming news. That mm-hmm. like the way that they would get Fortnite in their phone is by going yeah. to the App Store and right. Fortnite. Yeah. and so like that's that is nothing against Microsoft. But I, I have to imagine like there's still this huge part of this audience that would love for it to just be back on the App Store. Totally. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a fair point, and you know, I'm I'm curious how well the cloud gaming you know works on the phone, right. but it's something that they have been working on a lot, and that was you know this is actually part of a bigger announcement and just like checking on like how their cloud gaming services are doing, you know, and and Fortnite is going to be the first you know, and they're going to have other free to play games that are like this as well, um, but uh, but yeah, so they say that. Uh, 10 million so far have played uh, cloud gaming via Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, and they've touted that uh, people have been using cloud on Steam Deck. Uh, and it's been accessed on unconventional devices, which I'm I'm curious what they're talking about there. They say over 6,000 different types of devices have been used to access I'll their gaming X-Cloud. cloud. Play xCloud on your toilet. Well, yeah, I'm wondering, like, can you run it on a PS4 browser? Like is that is that the unconventional device that they don't want to name? <laughs> you know? hmm. um, That'd be funny. Yeah, uh, and then they've been rolling it out to more countries. They said there's been an overwhelming adoption in Brazil, so they had to scramble for more servers. That was another thing that changed originally. That it were like I think the original cloud was running on like Xbox One S servers, and now it's running on Series X servers. That's that's really interesting because you I. I always hear about how much more expensive it is to buy physical games in Brazil. Yeah. yeah. And so this is like an it maybe like a, a, a good way to circumvent that possibly. Oh yeah. I wonder about Australia as well. Right. Yeah. yeah Australia as well. Um, and then they said that they've seen a uh, two times increase in play for games that have touch controls implemented. 
and 20% of Xbox cloud gaming users use touch controls exclusively. Say that one more time, that stuff. So 20% of people using Xbox cloud gaming cloud. use touch controls touch control. only. Got so it. they're basically just using it for their, on their phone. 20%. But you can, you can use a controller as well. Nice. So, so, so even with Fortnite, you know, it's like if huh. you just have access to a browser and a controller, you just like pop it onto the PC and just play for Does a few rounds. Does Fortnite support touch controls via xCloud? Yeah. Okay. I wonder if, you know, Microsoft's making all these acquisitions um, and, and developing all of these games. I wonder if they'll be communicating with the developers to be like, hey, design these with touch controls as an option in mind. Yeah, in well, that's something that the blog goes into a little bit more. And, and even when um, when I saw them, like, first introducing xCloud stuff at GDC, yeah. you know, they talk about, like, how they have this toolkit to where the developers don't even necessarily have to think about it. Mm. it the games just become cloud aware. It's like, oh, we're on the cloud, so we're going to present these options to people. And so it has these default control schemes, but then if developers want to put in the effort to make a more mobile-friendly control scheme, because like one thing that they showed is like Forza, they would just get rid of all the Xbox interface buttons, and it was just like, here's gas, here's brake. You know? Yeah, and I... Sure, I, I think that's... Good, but I, I have to imagine the developers really getting in there and, and putting some love and care into it would just translate the mobile experience so right. much better. And, like, I wonder, I, like, over a long enough period of time, that would probably have some payoff, right? Like, yeah. you get addicted to doing dailies in a game, right? And you're like, oh, maybe I can knock a few off of my phone, right? Like, over time, that audience must grow, I would imagine. Yeah, and uh, the, the other thing they were talking about is that... Uh it gives people access uh, to games that they otherwise couldn't. Right. So if people don't have a PC or an Xbox Series yeah. X. Right. So they said uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator was in- introduced in March and was like became like the, like the number one game on the service for March because people don't have an Xbox Series X or a yeah. PC that can run that thing. Or that's... a hard drive with 200 gigs right. of space exactly. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's very interesting. So Future. Yeah. Future it, tech. It's it's funny because it's like it just feels like Stadia is just more and more just on the decline, while it's in the background, you know, Xbox's cloud just continues to to push. And I and I feel like I feel like Fortnite is like a backdoor for this. Totally, you know, yeah. smart alliance. Because here. when you go to that Xbox.com Easy slash play, alliance. it's like yeah, there's Fortnite on the top that you can play free to play, mm-hmm. and then Game Pass. Here's all the other games we have right now. Yeah, I. Stadia is just straight up dead. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, it's, yeah. I still get updates. Yeah, oh yeah, but <laughs> yeah, it's done. It's done. And now a word from our sponsors. Is the piece of plastic in your wallet doing enough for you? Because with the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card, you can start building credit with everyday purchases and on-time payments. You see, with Credit Builder. Members can increase their credit history with no annual fees or interest, and having a good credit score can mean getting better car loan rates or renting apartments easier, or just bragging rights around the dinner table. So continue your credit journey with Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at chime.com allies. That's chime.com allies. C-H-I-M 
E Amazon Michael E dot com slash allies. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by Stride Bank NA. Pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Chime Credit Chime checking account and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Regular on-time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score. Impact to score may vary, and some users' scores may not improve. Go to chime.com slash allies. Thanks. And if you are a patron of Easy Allies, thank you. Neil Blomkamp is working on Battle Royale 2.0. <laughs> uh, Such a strange announcement. Funny way to put it. Uh, but yeah, so this week, uh, GameSpot had an interview with Neil Blomkamp, uh, who is uh, the director of District 9, as well as some other films. Yep, Chappie, Elysium, mm. um... That's all I can think of right now. Yeah. That uh, might be it. He is now... now he had a VR demon thing mm. recently. A lot of... Uh, his, he has, like, a production company. He does a ton of short films. Really, actually, good short films. Like, nice. alien-style short films. There's a there's a handful of those that are actually worth, worth looking into. They're really cool. Yeah. Demonic is the other one. He is the chief visionary director at Godzilla Games. Joined up them last July. Uh, and they revealed a teaser and first details for Off the Grid, uh, which, again, they're calling a Battle Royale 2.0. Uh, so we'll, we'll run the teaser here real quick. Uh, it doesn't show much. This, uh, this is really very conceptual at this point. We got a soldier in a jungle. He's got a gun. He's got a metal arm with like a like bleed Deacon. coming out of his elbow. The vibe is like... Uh, his short films. His short films just have a really cool. What's the name of that company? Feel. Dust. Is that what it's called? I forget. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Dusk, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and he's just kind of looking out at a building under siege. Uh, but so the the two point part of this is that, oats. Uh, oats. Is Sorry. that they're yeah. uh, they're aiming to have like more of a, a focus on on narrative and all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of, this, again, a cyberpunk-inspired world. There's three factions. So you pick to be part of a faction when you create your character. And so these three factions are warring over control of a space elevator that leads to this, like, valuable asteroid mining operation. No, that's a cool premise. Um, and so, uh, so you have the option of engaging is straight up in the Battle Royale or you dive into the story missions, which they don't really... Totally explain how that plays out, how that's different. But okay. uh, but they say that the, the story is different depending on which faction you join. So there's like each faction's perspective is going to look okay. at how the events are differently. I'm going with the belters for sure. <laughs> 100%. Are they all Honestly, it's, it's funny that you mentioned <laughs> the expanse here because I was just <laughs> thinking that this sounds a little like EVE Online and what they were trying to do. Oh, with, sure. Uh, oh, what was it? EVE, whatever. The like... Dust 514. Dust 514, yeah. yeah the boots I on the ground that. thing. They were trying to do like, you're on the planet, you're in Good space, ball. you're on the thing. Yeah. Didn't pan out, but yeah. Um, and then the other thing that's a little more intriguing to me uh, is that he's talking about that they would uh, essentially react and like craft the story based on how the player base is changing. So, so if like one is... faction becomes dominant. This is what I wanted to do. This is your game. They'll write to that. This is the Bloodworth game every time. Is it? 
The uh, I was thinking of Mag for some reason. No, the uh, the what game are you thinking? The of? one that was like based on the show, and it would like oh change. defiance. Yeah, oh <laughs> kind of giving me a defiance <laughs> feeling here. This was part of our pitch of, for seedlings too. So oh Netflix, yeah, where it's like this, if the players are doing this, like if they're being more evil, the show would start to have like volcanoes and shit. Yeah, I, the I, the character model in this B roll, like his head is too big or something. It looks weird. <laughs> I don't know. I don't mean to be overly cynical about mm-hmm. this, but just everything about this reeks of like an overambitious game that slides yeah. into development hell and never yeah, comes out. <laughs> I am sure. not holding my breath for this. Uh, um, District 9, one of my favorite science fiction movies of all time, no question, but you know, no disrespect to, to Blumkamp, but he's kind of been on the downhill for a while with his movies like I just haven't connected to any of his work like the shorts are really cool but I haven't been like obsessed or connected to any of his worlds in a long time so like just his name now isn't enough for me to like champion it and to rally behind it Mm -hmm. and like anticipate it um you know everyone has has some cool ones left in him like it's never too late so like he do, he is capable of making some awesome things, but I'm not gonna get hyped just yet. I want I, I want this to I want this idea yeah. to work. Yes. Right. I'd love it if it was me doing it, but like I love the idea of like what people are doing in a game is changing a show. Uh I love that. Mm-hmm. And or like changing the story overall. Like no one it feels like several people have taken a swing. Mm-hmm. And no one's nailed it, so it'd be really cool if they yeah. did it. It being a battle royale, it doesn't do much for me. I gotta <laughs> right. say, yeah, especially claiming to be battle royale 2.0. Yeah. I'm like, all right. You know, <laughs> you know what's funny? I'm glad you brought the changing narrative up because that feels like it's about to become a thing. Like right when Naughty Dog was yeah. saying about factions, mm. they were like, "Yo, we want to blend." Multiplayer and narrative, like right. cracking that formula, a narrative, cinematic multiplayer back game. To formula, you know? it's it's so, so interesting because like I don't know if that's the right approach because like the way Dead by Daylight does it, I I have like this this weird respect for where. If you're not looking for it, you're not going to have any idea that Dead by Daylight has a narrative. But like, I did not know it. it yeah, no, it has it has an expansive narrative. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, like all of the characters have backstories and and a, and, a, and a history and take place on this timeline, right? But you you have no idea, and so like the people that are really invested, they can find that stuff and invest mm-hmm. into it. But it it is completely out of the way if you don't care, and I I think being unobtrusive like that is very important. I think it allows people to get into the door without yeah. being like, oh my god, what's going on? Same with Fortnite, tons of lore, years of insane lore, but like Ben was saying, just kind of on the back, the background in the background, right? Yeah. So, but how I does that end see... up playing out? Because I know they have the big like events yeah. between seasons and stuff, but otherwise, how do you learn about that? Like stuff? audio logs, audio logs, yeah. quests. You land okay. somewhere, someone spouts in your ear, some and lore, like... and. Or it's like Magic the Gathering has like crazy expansive, like novels and novels and novels of lore, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, or you can just play the cards and never even think about it. And it's like, oh, these are cool characters. And mm-hmm. like, you have a sense that things are happening. But it's like, with multiplayer stuff, 
it's such a hard nut to crack because it's like, like destiny the gameplay okay. yeah, right grimoires and stuff but it's like even destiny i feel like didn't nail like the storytelling yeah. in destiny is so weird and like it's so hard to crack this nut because like they're at cross purposes like for multiplayer stuff you want fast repeatable gameplay loops and for narrative you want to be able to take your time and soak in a story like how do you marry those two things i'm not sure unless you just have like some kind of where they're not on maps anymore like the map changes every time because it's like literally evolving constantly and that just seems like crunch nightmare forever yeah like even avengers you know it like basically split the single there's a single player and then the story right. stuff and then it's like all right go do the multiplayer right, missions right. that like have story in it but well, yeah. yeah that's never the answer to do like yeah. to do like or like monster hunter or it seemed like Par- uh, stranger of paradise it's like oh okay this is a big story moment so i have to do it by myself yeah, and all my so friends weird. have to sit there and wait for 20 right. minutes while i get through like that's not the solution at all mm-hmm. yeah man that that's something that's so cool about Final Fantasy XIV is the story is like so involved and so massive that you can just play Final Fantasy XIV for the story and be completely satisfied. And so, like, I think if you're going to really focus on narrative, unless you go that hard with it, where it's like you can be content if you're just here for the story, I think it's really hard to incorporate that in a satisfying way because you're going to have all these people that are just like, no, I just want to get in a party with my friends and play this cool game. Yeah. I feel like the only way to do it, honestly, would be, I mean, I guess maybe like what maybe this is what they're trying to get at is like that the player base is cre- is driving the story, yeah. and like if it's emergent through that, and you're giving them like lore and areas to like role play in, except they don't have to RP; they're just discovering it themselves as players and driving it. I mean, that's like EVE Online, you know? Like, you hear about these massive wars and trade battles and stuff, and that's all player-driven. Yeah. I think emergent stories are more interesting anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because I always think, too, like, anytime I'm playing multiplayer, it's so much harder to follow a story along. Oh, yeah. When you're playing with your buddies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, you're shooting the shit. It's impossible. They want to say something, you want to say something, everyone's talking at one time. That's the funny thing. And they're giving you, like, all this lore, and it's like, I, I can't hear, I don't know. It, it, like uh, Ben, you know, you just did uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, mm-hmm. you know, and and you had to play through that basically single player. And I've yeah. done all the reviews of the Borderlands game single player, mm-hmm. you know. But it's one of those things where like, people are constantly talking. Yeah. Yes. And so if you're playing with somebody else, constantly you're talking. missing yeah. that stuff. So yeah. it's well, weird it's because even, they're totally like different experiences in a way. Even yeah. playing single player, I feel like I would miss so much just because I'd be shooting dozens of things you know what i mean yeah. while people are talking totally. so you add if you add people into that it only gets more complicated yeah yeah because then you're like i need a heal or i need you to you know you know de-aggro this guy or whatever so that i can yeah so you're trying to you're trying to team up meanwhile you know claptrap is saying some craziness i think more about like when we played gtfo right where it's like mm-hmm. we're communicating and making choices and there's lore and story stuff that we're picking up here and there, but like, we played it once and we were like, you know, we had coined saying like weapons free to each well, other. That's right. It's just like, if you find a way to do that kind of thing on a massively multiplayer scale, I think it'd be pretty awesome. But then you go, yeah, it's weird. Like, 
talking about battle royale, but also factions and like how, yeah, it's hard to picture this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're even vague on like how some of that stuff is going to work because they haven't really specified whether like are you going to be listening to audio logs, are you going to be watching cutscenes? They haven't really said yet. Truly, I will be stunned if this game releases. <laughs> I will be shocked. <laughs> that, that's about I will where be I'm at. shocked if this game ever comes out. They also don't seem to want to reveal yet whether you could change factions. So you might be like really locked in. Was it Planet Side Two that did this? Three factions. Planet Side. Like, shout out! I love. It, it was could like be live updating the. I yeah. do feel like Mag did this kind of thing, I, but without Mag as much and story. Mag and Side were like the ones doing this. We I, we gotta find a better way to do audio logs because oh, yeah. when I was reviewing Dying Light Two, anytime I got an audio log. It was like, well, I don't want to run around the city. Like, I want to sit there. Let me hide in a corner yeah. and just sit there and listening. And so it's like, in order to fully appreciate this thing, <laughs> I feel like I have to like come to a screeching halt in the game. And I'm just like, this just doesn't. This is not gelling. Like, this yeah. is not a good way to have supplemental lore in your game. Um, I feel like it's part of me feel, and I haven't ever played it, and I always intend to, but I feel like. There's probably like Warframe has just been doing all of this forever. Oh sure, <laughs> and everyone, every Warframe yeah, player is just like, updates. we all do this, we have this. Yeah, uh, we As were talking who's about dabble in Warframe. I wouldn't. I mean, I know nothing. Storytelling about would not jump oh, to the yeah. forefront of my mind. Oh, okay, is like okay. there for the grind. We were talking about <laughs> Resident Evil notes, though, Huber. Yeah, and like that's kind of like the, the right length. The right? Goal- so it was like. You the stop and read game. or whatever, but yes. it's not you're not stopping. It's but, not like breaking up the gameplay yeah. flow. And, and it's it's harder when your game is bigger. It's just harder. Like mm-hmm. right, we were just going through them on stream, and it's like the first game is smaller, so there's only a handful of these documents. So when you stop and pick them up, every single one is meaningful because it's not happening every ten seconds. You know, I always criticize in my reviews my reviews of remedy games. Mm. You want every piece of that lore. You want every morsel of that story, but there's three in every single room you go yeah, in, and it, it's just nonsense. It was it was exhausting. And long. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was exhausting. I feel like someone needs to like do the math, where it's like <laughs> it takes X long to shoot an enemy, uh, or it takes X long to get killed by an enemy shooting at me, and it takes X minus three long to read a sentence of lore. I mean, know? <laughs> and that's that's the max length a sentence of lore should ever be and you just get one at a time. That is why I think FromSoft has has this like yeah, perfect formula because honestly going through Elden Ring if you asked me to like give you the story so far, I'd probably do a pretty poor job, but it does a good enough job convincing me that it is there, right? And so I feel like it is able to present itself so well and so convincingly that when I'm playing, I can buy into the world, even if I don't have, like, a textbook definition of what's going on, right? I still, like, that, it's built on those bones, right? Mm -hmm. And so that allows you to get immersed, and then because you are immersed, you have all of these emergent stories that supplement, you know, this well-thought-out world. And so you you get both things, right? And if, if your gameplay is good enough and interesting enough consistently, I feel like you can get away with that. Mm-hmm. What, about, what about a new Battle Royale? Just in general. Well, That's actually, a hard one. Talking about story and Battle Royale, this yeah. is actually relevant. You were, you were just playing it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vampire, Blood Hunt. Oh, yeah. Blood Hunt. This is a Battle Royale multiplayer game. Just Wait, are you up on Blood Hunt now? Yeah, it's been a little Blood The last Hunt. couple of days I've been checking yeah. out Blood what? Hunt again. Yes. Don't sleep on Blood Hunt. I played the beta like six months ago. It was so hard. It's it's tough. People are intense. 
the so it's a multiplayer battle royale, but then in between matches you have this hub area and you can interact with things. Mm-hmm. And it's cool, it's really cool, but it doesn't, you know, I'd like for it to go a step further. Yes. It's like, okay, you can pick something like look at something on the wall and read a little lore on it. Yes. But it's like let's let's evolve this. Let's yeah. let's go. Like Huber, <laughs> you are crystallizing my thoughts so perfectly because I was talking to you and I was like, I really appreciate that this this hub is here. It's giving a sense of place. It's kind of neat that you can go mm-hmm. and like read about the items and and see people in the hub and you know, you have this quest where you can run around and try to find things. Like it that it, it it's neat. Um and I like that the mechanics of the game feel like they're kind of role-playing in this world where it's like, okay, if you attack a human or if somebody sees you feeding, like, that's bad. You're breaking the masquerade. You're going to be revealed on the map. But then, like, really, once you kind of get into that and you're kind of, like, into the idea and kind of into this world, it's like, well, I guess all I can do is grind out this battle pass, these challenges, right? (laughs) Like, you you just want... It's just like a little taste. Yeah. And it's then like there's like bring nowhere this to, world to there's life. nowhere to go with it other than yeah. to just play a battle royale and yep. sleep. Yep. You yep. know what game has a great evolving hub? Huh. Vermintide 2, baby. Oh, oh yeah, Vermintide yeah. 2. That's a good Vermintide example. Vermintide 2, yeah. baby. Yeah. I feel like Vermintide 2 does it better than a lot of what we're talking yeah. about. Dark Tide yeah, is yeah, not yeah. too far off. Yeah. Kind of that Dark Tide? The banter between characters, like, yeah. it, it, uh, progressing the story is is good. I like that stuff. And it's, it's memorable dialogue. Like, you don't, mm. you don't catch all of it, but you get, like, the gist. Yeah. And, like, it's very quotable. Like, me and my friend Jack are always just like, and not before time, like, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that game. We should play more of it. Hell yeah. When that new one comes Dark out. Dark Tide. Dark yeah, Tide. Dark is, tide we're going to be a Dark yeah. Dark Tide channel. We're going to be a Dark Tide channel. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This is but, fun. I'm excited so, to see, though. Yeah, well, we actually see some gameplay of off the grid, some like concrete stuff. I want to see if we're about to get this next step in multiplayer storytelling. Like, yeah. I, I, I look to factions, and now it, I guess I'm looking it, to Blumpcamp. Yeah, because it feels, right. I mean, it does feel like a, like a Molyneux pitch. Right, like Peter Molyneux has yeah. <laughs> resurfaced in Blomkamp's body, <laughs> controlling him from afar. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him, like blood ritual magic or something. Like, <laughs> what's in the center of the cube? Oh boy! What was in the center of that damn cube? It was like profit right the person got like a contract right. profit for the game oh yeah but yeah, then he had to pay it out later and it got all weird yeah please no corrections we don't would care. you believe it was messy yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, i don't wanna, sorry, i want I no asked. corrections no. about this <laughs> please uh huber you know what else is off the grid huh shenmue 4 shenmue 4 so speaking to ig in japan and yokosuka Yes. Where, where Shenmue is based. Uh, Yu Suzuki says there are no concrete plans, no concrete plans. for Shenmue 4. Uh, but when he makes it, he wants to make it appeal to a broader audience. Yeah, he had previously said that a little after Shenmue 3 had come out. So he's reiterating. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he said that Shenmue 3 was 100% for the fans, um, for better and for worse. And if he made a new one, he would try to appease to everyone, you know, and he even called out some things like the ability to wait 
you know, for you know, because you have to. There's some waiting involved in Chen. We gotta wait till certain times. Oh again. right, yeah. Just like waiting and like fast travel, things that as a fan of Shenmue don't sound great to me. But like anything Yu Suzuki wants to do, any any kind of Shenmue release, I'm gonna be grateful for. So yeah, and uh, yeah, blood. There's been just so much fuel to this because the anime just wrapped up. That was phenomenal. It was a huge ratings hit, critically, mm. commercially. Like people were watching this whole new fan base for Shenmue now because of how excellent the anime was. It was on Crunchyroll and Adult Swim simulcast. Oh, nice! Yeah, and uh, just each week the conversation was just going and going and going. And now, uh, One Ten Industries is it One Ten or One Hundred One? I'm not sure. 110 or 101, Industries has just been liking tweets about Shenmue. They just released an interview from TGS last year talking about Shenmue with Yu Suzuki. Nice. Just adding fuel to the fire. They released, here. there's some Kojima conspiracy level stuff. <laughs> they released a picture of an apple and a banana, and they were like, yeah, 110 Industries, thank you. They released a tweet of like an apple and a banana, and... Like, in Shenmue, there's, like, apples and bananas that you can take before starting the day. And it's like, yo, no announcements, but, like, buckle up in the coming weeks. Mm. And just, like, their Twitter account has been liking all this Shenmue content. So the theory was that when the anime wrapped up, maybe there would be... Some kind of announcement. Some kind of announcement, but, you know. There's there's been more hope now than there's ever been, so... Is there something there to the anime that, that that you think they could learn from to 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 capture on to that you know broader appeal? I don't know. I don't know. I think they're just so different. Like I'm at a point now where the anime was so good that if they want to wrap up this story in the anime, mm-hmm. I'll take it, and I will be happy about it because the anime was so damn good. So if if that's what needs to be done to finish this story, so be it. Um, obviously, ideally, we'd like Shenmue 4, and, and I think 5 would be, like, the finale of it all. I think there's, like, two more left <laughs> for mm. the story. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm used to waiting for Shenmue content, <laughs> and we just got the anime for 13 weeks. So it's, like, new Shenmue stuff every week for 13 weeks, so I'm good for a while. That's, you know, that's I'm a good go- run, yeah. Yeah. Dude, 110 looks right up our alley. They're 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 posting Shenmue content. They're replying to people with Silent Hill gifts. It's like, out of oh. control. Yeah, they know. They know. Wanted dead move games. It's like, pretty cool, dude. <laughs> it's like a, a sanctuary for wayward fans. You know, like yeah. <laughs> have, have you been abandoned? Yeah. Come here. <laughs> Come over here. Let me embrace you. Let me embrace a group. <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, I do have a, a, a quote from Embracer CEO Lars Wingfors in 2020 that said, uh, Shenmue 3 is an IP and a product I love. And, you know, I think financially it's fine. And I'm glad that the core fans are pleased, uh, he said. All right, I think it is a challenge to see this as a mass market product. Yeah. This is a core niche product. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I mean, they would just honestly have to... Make a Yakuza game if mm-hmm. they wanted mass appeal. You know, you yeah. get a little more I mean, that's zany, a wacky, open yeah. world side quest, way more traditional structure um, that obviously comes at a risk of, you know, not upsetting, but like that that's a weird thing for fans because like you you want 
to make you want to wrap this up for the fans, and that's Yu Suzuki's like mission to wrap it up for the fans. That is his main main goal. These comments about like mass appeal are because he's like, yo, I, I run a company. Yeah. Like this is a this is a necessity. I need to do this. Like I want to make the game for the fans, but he's got to do what he's got to do. And I think just you know, like Yakuza style something, or like Sifu style beat him up. Like let's go. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what I would love. Yeah, because that's why I was wondering. Do you think mm-hmm. that you just need something genre that change, quicker, more immediate gameplay that will will make that work? And then, well, I think any product that you have where it's like okay, we're continuing the same story that started on the Dreamcast. Exactly. It's just going to be hard for it's, a new audience. Yeah. It just is. Even if you re-release the games or whatever, yeah. I, I think that's just going to be a barrier for a not insignificant number of people. Big time. It's so yeah. hard. It's hard. Well, it's our tough because, ask. you know, the Shenmue 2 gap, it's well. You know, yeah. It's like you played the first one, but then it was kind of weird to get the second one. Yeah, well, there's the remasters now, so you can yeah. easily yeah. play one through three, but still, that's a tough ask, asking people to go catch up on 20-year-old games. Like, Shenmue 1 doesn't control the best, you know? If you haven't really played a lot of old games, you know, you're a young person, and, and you hop into Shenmue, you're like, dude, what? What? What is this? Like, it yeah. feels weird. The voice acting, you know, that is an acquired taste. It's also, it's also <laughs> I think, like, even from a genre perspective, hard pitching Shenmue, because it's like, well, what genre is it? It's like... Slice sh- of it's, life? It's the Shenmue genre. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like... Free. Even, even saying Remember? it's like... Yak- F-R-E-E. Even Fully saying it's like yeah. Yakuza, I don't think is... is yeah. That accurate, right? I, li- I like to say it's like an open world life sim kind of even right, that's, that's weird like that's much harder than being like it's yeah. a first person shooter yeah <laughs> <laughs> totally but I think I think Yakuza is a, a fair enough direction to where it wouldn't have to change too much take some stuff know, because Yakuza for like, sure. yeah. you spend the a lot of is, time watching Yakuza's story definitely, the thing is definitely, definitely. Yakuza is a very healthy series you know yeah. like it, that's a that's already a, 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 a niche that I think is being filled super adequately so I don't know if like I don't know if going in that style helps us as as much as it maybe initially seems like it mm-hmm. would yeah Huber anything they want without to do. spoiling things is there a way that you see from where Shenmue 3 is left off for it to feel like oh a newcomer can just jump in here and be fine without playing <laughs> the first three games it's tough it's tough really honestly because even like Yakuza you know you're picking up Kazuma's story, like Majima's story, it's so important each time you jump into one, knowing what's come before. Well, you um, have, and you Yakuza, have like a dragon. Yeah, for sure. You and have like judgment. a yeah, yeah, yeah. You got these like spin-off style, but like the core zero through six arc, like all those games are about mainly Kazuma. And like obviously Majima. There's other characters, of course, but like through its core, the through line is this one character. Well, yeah, but think about so. it. Zero came out well into Yakuza's life cycle. For sure, but a, it's a prequel. You're going before. Right, that's so what I mean, though. But so I'm if saying, we wanted like, Shenmue Zero. Right, that's that's kind of what I'm yeah. getting at, is is maybe there's something like that that you yeah. can do to get... Cause you just, you just like take a spin-off, a page. like a Shenmue spin-off? You, sure, because yeah. like, Yakuza Zero was pivotal the for moment. that franchise. The moment. I, I feel like it's where a lot of people jumped on. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so, so maybe doing something like that... Yeah. 
Um, or and then I think like Kiwami one and two were smart too because the Remake. people that played zero could get into just remaking the first yeah. one would be smart for sure. I think you take a page from That's a smart idea Guilty Remake Gear it. where the story <laughs> mode is just a five hour video. <laughs> you you just say at the beginning of Shenmue Ford, have you played Shenmue's one through three? And if you say yeah. no, it just plays the entire anime. Yeah. That'll eventually catch up. Ironically, to the that is exactly game. what Yakuza did. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you would the have. Graveyard. You would have. Well, no, you, like on the menu, you mm. could like reminisce about the old games. Hell oh, yeah. funny! Hmm. I would love. Yeah, Shenmue Kawami, Ben. You nailed it. There you go. Yeah. In I'll fact, they should call it Shenmue Kawami. They absolutely make very should. happy. Hundred percent. Yeah. Do you think they could even like somehow condense? those games into like a five hour thing yeah because one and then is you're short. just playing four after that one really like if you know what to do and and maybe just have a like five percent more direction hmm. you can get through one quick so if you combine like two is massive but you could just put one and two on one whole package and and repackage that i'm whole just thing. thinking like maybe if like somehow they like took everything that's already been put out and somehow yeah. made that like the introduction part of the next you know game. To me, the anime is the introduction. Yeah. I tell anyone that's never played the games to watch the anime first at this point, honestly, mm-hmm. because there's always this thing of like, well, I want to play the games, but it's like, that's still a lot. That's a lot of hours, you know, you can digest this anime and it's different enough. Like it's the same main arc, but they subtract and they add in different places so it's like if you go back to the games after watching the anime, it's it's you're gonna get like the extended cut, right? In a way, I think that there's and there's a precedent for this. Um, you do like since Shenmue Three was a successful Kickstarter, they could follow in the footsteps of other successful Kickstarters and um, put out a like a different game that's like oh, a completely right. different style, mm-hmm. like a, a, a Curse of the Moon or whatever, or yeah. like what, what I Iuden Chronicles is doing. Like, and and you could even frame it within the world where it's like. He picks up a handheld console in the standard graphics, and then it goes to this 2D thing. Yeah. That, like, he's reliving his memories, and it's the storyline, roughly, of the first three games, but it only takes, like, five or six hours, you know? And it's, like, a 2D platformer or something. Like, you could get cute with it, yeah. and it's not unheard of. Like, all the other big Kickstarters are doing it. The only thing that has me nervous about all this is, like, Funding like Yu Suzuki, yeah. Shenmue, right. they can't just oh remake it, remaster right. all this. Like right. it is a constant struggle mm-hmm. to get anything Shenmue related. So it would be a real shame <laughs> if they like spent a bunch of money doing like a remake or something of the first three or like a condensing. Yeah, and then that's and it. then run out of money and can't yeah. ever do the fourth one that they were trying to build yeah. up to. Yeah, yeah. The anime, hopefully the anime season two. Let's go. <laughs> Also this week, uh, Summer Game Fest is officially kicking off June 9th at 11 a.m. Uh, also, it and the Game Awards are coming to IMAX theaters IMAX. this year. Thanks, thanks Daddy Keely. <laughs> IMAX. That is the dream. Uh, Huber, do you remember the Callisto Protocol from the uh, ex-Visceral guys? The kind of spiritual Dead Space successor? I, it sounds familiar. Is that... That's not the one tied in with um, PUBG. It is sort of, oh, okay. very distantly. Uh, but yeah, Glenn Schofield teased that it's <laughs> it's almost time <laughs> to show you the real thing. Uh, and uh, this is about a month after Keeley 
uh, was at their studio. So probably oh, going to be at Summer Game Fest. He's holding them all, man. All of it. Man, really I feel like all the cards. I feel like the Dead Space remake is kind of eating their lunch. A little bit. I'm, but we'll see the real thing. And, yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll judge from there. Interested. Very interesting. Very interesting. I just hope that their release dates don't end up like three weeks apart or something like that. Really encouraging too. Dead Space. The last thing I saw about the remake was due to fan feedback. Yeah. Take a note, Blizzard. Due to fan feedback, they changed some gun sounds. Yeah. Like, right, we're gonna remix this stuff. Yeah. They should actually directly call out Blizzard. Yeah, they Take should. Note. <laughs> Take <laughs> Uh, IO Interactive is pushing Hitman 3's uh, freelancer update to later this year. Okay. Uh, describing that as a luxury because the game's been doing so well that they now have the opportunity to make this new mode the best that it can be. Heck yeah, dude. Um, roguelike and, style, right? Oh yeah, so God, it's yes. a major update. It's introduced yes. a roguelike campaign. That seems just absolutely perfect for Hitman. <laughs> with a uh, customizable safe house that's yes, going like, to be such part a of your throwback. progression. That yeah. is such a throwback to the early Hitman days, the, the safe house in between missions, adding weapons to your wall, dude, yes. Uh, and then meanwhile... The uh, release of the Ambrose Island map has moved yes. forward to July uh, with a storyline that fills in before the events of Hitman 3. Mm. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah, because with Season 2, some of those missions were later, after the campaign had wrapped up. So we're going back before... Th- interesting. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, because I was wondering how they were going to do that. It's like, yo, is this going to be like an epilogue to right. what went down after 3... And I guess it makes sense they can avoid that now and then save that card for Freelancer, you know, yeah. Hitman 4 or Freelancer yeah. or something. If Freelancer, yeah. Yes, okay. Uh, interesting, <laughs> though. Crytek hired the director of Hitman 3, uh, Matthias Engstrom, uh, to work on Crisis 4. Hmm. So wow. I don't know. Like, okay. Maximum stealth. That, <laughs> that bodes well, you know? Like, yeah. Because I, I do feel like Crisis 2 in particular had some cool like level design For and sure. like, ways that it worked with like all of your, your different movesets For and stuff. sure. Crisis, really cool, but kind of like a Tomb Raider situation. Like, obviously, Crisis 1 and 2, like, 1 is so different than 2 and 3, but, like, diminishing returns for me as that mm. franchise went on. I loved the original Crisis, like 2, and then by 3, I was just kind of like, yeah. I'm good. I liked 1, obviously, the graphical showpiece. Yeah. 2, I really, like, just... I felt like it controlled really well. Yeah. Um, and I liked a lot of the stuff they did there. And then three, I just, I don't know. Yeah, For yeah. some reason, I just checked out on just three. Just out of steam yeah. by then, you know? Yeah. Uh, Naoki Yoshida says, Final Fantasy 16 is in the final stages of development and has a well-fleshed-out story. Yeah, <laughs> 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 hey, there's a big story in it. Uh, you'd be insane to... Doubt Yoshi P at this point. Yeah, ben, like all I'm signs point to, to Final sure. Fantasy 16 being an absolute banger. Ben, uh, three days ago I said zero percent chance. Yeah, dude, is 16 coming out this year? I think there's a chance 16 could come out this year. Yeah, I, I mean it'll be November, yeah. December. I think it still could happen. I, yeah. I definitely maybe maybe October, but like wild. Yeah, that is so wild. I mean, because the the How way that, that they're talking about it is like. When you see it again, like, we really want to be ready. Yeah. Um, Any chance of a Keeley demo? Final Fantasy used to do demos. Well, yeah, I I mean, 15. Square Enix may do their own thing again at Summer Game Fest. I don't know if they'll be, like... The thing thing with 15, though, is it was like, what is going on with this game? (laughs) 
here are some demos to tide you over. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think 16 might be a different thing. And, and if it is coming out this year or early next year. Oh, you I mean a playable know. demo? Yeah, playable yeah, demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, um, Seven Remake had a demo mm-hmm. as yeah. well. They do demos. I mean, honestly, like they could, go, they could position it to where it could be like one of the biggest, most talked about games at... Summer Game Fest, like it could yeah. be like the marquee thing. Play yeah. that on the IMAX. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> is the best. I think I said it in Slack or something. Like it's, or no, I said it here. It's like meant for uh, yeah. Final Fantasy yeah. 16 is meant for the IMAX. Yeah, that in God of War. You're like, yep, <laughs> <laughs> um, you nailed it. I was thinking too low, man. I was thinking Turtles. It's like we don't need the IMAX for that. What also sick. might be coming out this year? <laughs> Skull and Bones. Uh. <laughs> Footage was leaked and then taken down. Uh, showing that the pirate-themed multiplayer is still alive, and it's evolved, including an emphasis on gathering supplies, crafting, ranking up, building bigger and better ships, uh, and, yeah, apparently Ubisoft is targeting this fall. That They were, like, trying to get us excited, and that just sounds like a grind. Yeah. That, it does. that just sounds like a grind. It does. Yeah, listing those things out. <laughs> I'm good. All we All we can say <laughs> is that... You played it, right? At E3? Well, we, well, we played is an played entirely it? different game at this entirely point. Entirely yeah. different game we played. Because what we played is like PvP matches. Yeah. And then even the, like, the second year that we played it, it mm-hmm. just felt like it went from something that was like easy to jump into to something that was like, whoa, what am I doing? Like, yeah. there was just like the systems had gotten like a little bit more advanced. Yeah. I, I don't know how this game possibly comes out and succeeds. Yeah. I, I, I really do think that Ubisoft just has to put it out. Yep. To like fulfill the contract with the Singapore government, uh, and then they'll probably close that studio. Wow. Yeah. Who knows? Hmm. Uh, and s- speaking of Ubisoft, and you, an update on the remake of Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time. Uh, Ubisoft Montreal has taken over development uh, from Mumbai and Pune. Uh, the uh, and Montreal is the the team that made the original game, the studio that made the original. Uh, and uh, they're going to regroup on the scope to deliver the best experience. Uh, and this game was originally planned to be released in January of 2021. Yeah. Now currently has no release Yeah, date. it's going to be a while based on that description. Yeah. And then uh, Warped Kart Racers was announced for Apple Arcade, including characters from Family Guy, American Dad, King of the Hill, and Solar Opposites. Who who wants this? I'm good. Who wants this? I'm I mean, good. they're they're nailing the trend. They're na- that is if I'm a if I'm a brand manager, I'm stoked about this. Like throwing properties together I in, suppose. in any way, you know, huge IPs, throw them together in a blender. Like we're talking about it. Get some headlines. Yeah, <laughs> you know. It's sure. just smart. It like, just seemed bizarre. People love that stuff right now. It's even even as much as I love King of the Hill, it's not something I want a kart racing game for. It doesn't make any sense. Whatever. I was, uh, was watching King of the Hill the recently, and, yeah. and that show is so good. Perfect. Which one? King of the Hill. King it's Hill. really yeah. good. Yeah. It's time for love and respect. Love and respect. From Adam Fay. Have you ever jumped into a historically dense franchise late in the game? 
Back during the PS3 era, I decided to check out Metal Gear, but jumped straight into Metal Gear Solid 4 Whoa. without playing any of the previous games. Whoa. I really enjoyed the gameplay, the boss fights, and the cinematic nature of it all, but naturally I had no idea what was going on story-wise. For whatever reason, that didn't bother me at all and might have actually made it my, my experience better. That's cool. Because it was impossible for me to get let down by any story threads <laughs> that some players had waited for years to get a payoff for. I could just enjoy the ride. This is still the only Metal Gear game I have ever played. Uh, if you've had a similar experience, uh, did that lead you to want to play more from the franchise, or were you content with what you played? Uh, Yakuza 3 was the first Yakuza game I played. Mm. Um, and I liked it so much that, yeah, I wanted to play more. Dive in. I'm trying to think. Hmm. I mean, I it doesn't really count, know. but uh, the only Zork game I've played is Zork Nemesis, which I think <laughs> is like the 11th one or 9th sure. one or something. What a pull, Zork. <laughs> I love Zork Nemesis. It's great. Nice. I mean, I I guess Final Fantasy, like I played one on NES when I was super young. Oh, sure. Seven was the first but yeah. Final then, Fantasy game I played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I owned one on but, NES, but then like seven. Yeah. But they're all yeah. Yeah, separate stories anyway. Yeah. Seven was the beginning of it. Yeah. Um, the one I was thinking of is, is East Nine, playing mm. that last year on that, like having that discovery. And it's like, yeah, there's a part of me that definitely like, I want to go back, yeah, pull out just, that Turbo Graphics Mini and play through 1 and 2 and see how I can work my way through the rest of the series. I guess it's a good point. I think Ease 8 was the first Ease I played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that's a good one. Yeah. And it does a fair job in 9 of every once in a while giving those nods. Of like, oh, yeah, this. remember when you did this? Remember when you did that thing? All the trouble you guys have been in? But referencing those things without making you feel like, uh... I missed out, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, okay, I understand he had past adventures and it's cool and I don't need to know the details. That was honestly how I felt about Yakuza 3 is I felt like I could appreciate it on its own terms, which was nice. Yeah. Sunshine Orphanage. Sunshine Orphanage, that's right. Uh, from Logan Taos, uh, is there a game that you know you've beaten but can't for the life of you remember anything about? St- Countless. Maybe because it's been so long since you played it, or it was oh, just yeah. that unmemorable. No, not, not even that unmemorable. It's just <laughs> when you are constantly playing games, like your brain. Only. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 actually really upsetting and, like, provides a sense of guilt. Because we brought up Prince of Persia Sands of Time. I right. played through yeah. Prince of Persia yep. Sands of Time. Yep. I feel like I barely remember anything yep. about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Their example is uh, Beyond Good and Evil. Uh, they played when the remaster came out, uh, nice. but don't remember anything about the game. Uh, which is interesting because the original game came out right alongside of Prince of Persia yeah. Sands of Time. I'm going through one right now, and I only remember the end. It's been the longest out of this franchise that I haven't beaten it, and that's San Andreas. Mm. I beat it like when it came out. Have not finished San Andreas from start to finish in so long. Don't remember anything about any of the story except like the end is ingrained in my brain so vividly. I don't know why. This like big battle. But then other than that, right? I don't remember that. I don't remember any of these missions. Like I don't remember any of this progression. I had that actually because we were just streaming Sonic Adventure, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I got the true ending in Sonic Adventure, and I like looked it up because because like I, I wasn't sure. Then I looked it up, and I was like, okay, no, I definitely did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it had. It, yeah, it it's hard remembering things and it sucks because like some of these things you'll yeah. experience and you'll you'll really like it, and then you'll just you'll lose so much of it yeah 
the one I was thinking of is uh, Illusion of Gaia. Mm. I remember like this, like a boat, a scene on a boat that I probably remember from a screenshot, right? <laughs> but I don't like anything else about that RPG. is just out of my head. I have sure. no idea how it played. I don't even really remember whether it was like turn-based or action-based. One that just popped in my head is Condemned 2. Mm. Played through that whole game. Obs- one is so memorable. Obsessed. Played through two. I couldn't tell you anything. I couldn't tell you about the story. I don't know who the villain is. I don't know how it ends. It is the worst Beat feeling, though, when you do play through something and you're like, yeah, that just wasn't that memorable. Like, that sucks. Mm. Is one or two with the bear, though? If if the bear is in Condemned 2... Then I, I just remember saw it. a thing today I remember. where somebody described Condemned 2 as the bear game. Okay, there it is. that's all I remember. That I remember one. I don't know scene. where I saw that, but yeah, somebody, said, somebody, I saw that written somewhere. Holy shit, yeah. dude, that part! No, I, I have never played Condemned 2. Oh my god, I just saw nice. it. I know just you have part. described it as the bear game, and then I saw somebody else today just describe that. it as the bear game. Yeah. Speaking of games, hey, my favorite part of the show. I'll say that and then, like, get none right on the spot. <laughs> uh, from Stomps, uh, I'm actually going to play two games today. Ooh. Uh, game one, 1v1 Fan Art Showdown. Oh, no. For, yeah, oh, no, it's right. Uh, for this game, the panel must guess which gaming icons are the most popular based Sonic on the, the Hedgehog. total results. Sonic Re- the Hedgehog. These are one-on-one matchups, though. Sonic the separate, Hedgehog. Separate matchups. <laughs> Return from a search on DeviantArt. (laughs) (laughs) I'm locking in Sonic. (laughs) Uh, I actually think they they gave it away as as the example. So yeah, searching Mario returns, uh, Mario returns 727,000 results. Searching Sonic returns 1.6 million results. Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) Zelda or Link? Oh, tough one. I'm going to say Zelda. I'll say Link. It might be Link. Link. Oh, okay. Zelda, 502,000. Link, 1.2 million. Hmm. Wow. Almost double. It's the Master Sword, that's why. Mm. You want to draw that Master Sword, right? you know? But of those, how many is... Link cross-dressing from Breath of the Wild. I was going to say, I was going to say he's dressed as Zelda in probably (laughs) half of them. Yeah. (laughs) Luigi or Kratos? Kratos. Luigi. You're oh, sorry. Luigi. It's, it's <laughs> you wanted to be Kratos. Yeah, I wanted Luigi, to be yeah. yeah. <laughs> By a long shot, Luigi 191,000, Kratos 35K. Okay. It's because of that trailer where Luigi did the, the hate eyes. <laughs> that that yeah. got a lot of art, I bet. Pikachu or Kirby? Kirby. Kirby. There are some perverted I'll never Kirby. bet against Pokemon. Pikachu. It's Pikachu. Ah. A little closer. 438,000 versus 319,000. That's pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Blowing away Luigi and Kratos on both of those. Charizard or Master Chief? Charizard. Oh. Never been against Charizard. I want to say Charizard, but they did a Pokemon one before, so I feel like they're trapping us. I feel like this is a trick. Master Chief? I'm going to say Charizard. No, it's Charizard. Ah, I overthought yeah. it. 108,000 versus 51,000 for Master Chief. Yeah, Master Chief is not yeah, a not, DeviantArt character. <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> Although, now that they showed his butt in the show, yeah. they'll get more oh, in my. there. 
Uh, Sasuke or Cloud? Oh, wow. Cloud. Oh, that's tough. It's so Cloud. I... It's probably Sasuke. I'm going to go Sasuke. It's Cloud. Ah. Sasuke's got 462,000. Cloud's got 615,000. Damn, okay. Tifa. <laughs> Tifa. 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 Or Samus. Tifa. 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 Oh, I don't know. I think Samus, Samus is, also is really good. popular. Yeah, anywhere. for sure. That's actually a good, good one to go against. Uh, I'm going to say okay. Samus. It's Samus. Oh, oh nice. Samus. Tifa's got 83,000. Samus has 103,000. I'm amazed that Tifa's so low. Yeah, what? Yeah, that can't yeah. be right. Did they have, like, explicit content? Yeah, wait a minute. What were, your, what, were your, what were your filters? What were your filters? What, what were your filters? <laughs> like, that seems too low. Although, great that strength is apparently more drawable than, than physical beauty, I guess. Hmm. I don't know. Well, they're both beautiful. And yeah, strong. what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Forget I said anything. I'm in love with both of them. Ryu or Big Boss? <sighs> Ryu. Street Fighter Ryu? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Ryu. Ryu. Big Boss. Big Whoa! Boss. Close, close call. One sixty-six thousand for Ryu. One seventy-two thousand for Big Boss. Wow. Very Big Boss. And then, Live chat is making a good point that that a huge percentage of the Samus are probably zero suit Samus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then Naruto or Minecraft? Oh jeez! Oh man! <laughs> oh I, wow! I uh, I feel like Naruto like is more of the deviant art generation than Minecraft is, but I don't know. I'll say Minecraft. I'm gonna say Naruto. I think I'm. It's a tie. I wouldn't be surprised either way, <laughs> I guess. Naruto, 1.4 million. Minecraft, 404,000. Wow. Like 400 it's a million <laughs> on Minecraft. And you got to win for anime. Oh, yes. <laughs> Get it, Naruto. Believe it. Hell yeah. Uh, from Christian Jimenez, riddle me this. So basically, uh, he's going to present a riddle. And then you have to guess the game that uh, this riddle is about. Ooh. This is going to be, this sounds difficult. Yeah, I'm bad at riddles. I shoot in first person, but that is not my classification. It was my first adventure in a new dimension. Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime. Damn it. Yeah, Metroid Prime. I love this. Beat me by a second. <laughs> my title name is a copy of another game, just like the themes and story I mimic. Columns? What? <laughs> my title name is a copy of another game. My title name? Yeah, you could probably go into title or name. I think they're trying to make it rhyme. Just like the themes and story I mimic. My title name is a copy of another game like the themes and story I mimic? I, I, I don't know. Is it... Themes? Like... Uh, like Minish Cap or something? I don't know. No. It's Prey. 2017 Prey. Prey. Okay. So it's the same name. I get it. Okay. And then it got the, okay. the, that, that, the mimic. That's a yeah. hard one. Yeah. This year will make 18 years since I was released. You could say that makes me a full adult, too. That's a... God War 2? That could be anything. That's a tricky one. It's something about being an adult. I don't know what the adult other than the number. World but. of Warcraft? Wow. 
One more time, one more time. This year will make 18 years since I was released. You could say that makes me a full adult, too. 18 years was 2004. Is it God of War 1, maybe? No. I, mean, I already guessed wow. Be, it has to be a pun on yeah. becoming a, an adult, right? Yeah, but I'm, I'm not sure I, I actually get what the trick is, but it's Half-Life 2. I mean, <laughs> I don't... Oh, oh Half-Life. Oh, Half-Life, okay. I guess. The, I would never got it. Maybe, yeah. I would have never got it. Okay. <laughs> this is a funny one. Okay. I coined a new genre, but the pretenders and imitators haven't dethroned me. I don't make it easy for them. Death Stranding? Could be... That's a fair choice. Fortnite or PUBG, but they've dethroned PUBG, so... Pretenders and imitators don't make it easy for them. Oh, uh, Dark Souls. Dark Souls it is. Oh, yes, nice yeah, Souls likes. Nice one, Ben. I have as many endings as the types of gameplay I offer, and my story was always meant to be more than it seems. Near Stanley Automata. Parable? Nailed it. <laughs> ah. Oh, to oh be. that. Okay, that one was cute. I like that one. <laughs> I'm surprised you got that. I am surprised <laughs> as well. <laughs> uh, it's time for bets. This week's bet: Salt and Sacrifice is coming out next week. It's a 2D Souls-like action RPG, and it's a sequel to Salt and Sanctuary. I'm going to go through the top ten reviewers on Open Critic. How many times will I see the word loot? Huber. Five times. You did what I. Five times. times. Ben. Twelve times. Twelve times. Uh, Isla. Two times. Two times. Wow, coming in low. Not a loot-heavy series. Maybe they'll... uh, Because I think maybe they'll say gear. Oh, yeah. That's a good... You get them out of treasure chests and stuff, I think. And I said six times. You could have flipped that over and made it a nine. Uh, that's true. Man. I have to do like a little line next time. Yeah. Mm-mm. We're just trusting you not to adapt. <laughs> Trust you. Brother. Trusting me to remember what I wrote down when we started. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last week's bet, uh, Trek to Yomi is out. Huber did a review. Yep. It's on Game Pass as well, which I found out, which is nice. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible value. Uh, value. We knew the game Such would a feature value? a time jump. Uh, when you go from a child to an adult. And last week, I asked the panel how many individual birds we would see before the time jump. I love this bet, Blake. Yeah, because I, I saw so a little bit of Huber's preview, saw some birds scattering, like, oh, how many birds are we going to be? Okay, so Brad <laughs> bet 25 birds. Ben bet 21 birds. Brandon also bet 25 birds. Isla bet 72 birds. I'm crazy. (laughs) Uh, And I bet uh, 17 birds. Now, before I wrote this bet, I asked Huber how long it took to get to the time jump. And he told me six to ten minutes. Like, if you're... Because context, I didn't know what the bet was. The history of bets has usually been about, like, yo, just go through the part, like... As quickly as possible, as efficiently as possible. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I'm like, all right, if you just go through, it'll be like ten minutes. See, this is this was you don't my. You stop to explore. You just go through it. 
You no, know, you were playing sensing, naturally, but whatever. I'm sensing from Blood's tone that it was much longer than that, and this was my logic that I was like, Huber. Well, Blood, that's that's definitely Blood's style. Yeah. He's a game soaker. Yeah. Well, and also Huber, like, you know, he'll tell you something in six minutes when it was like two hours because it felt like six minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the so the clips from Huber's review ended up taking about half an hour. Uh, in any case, I watched through and counted. All the birds. Most of them, there was that thing where, like, there's the flutter sound and birds scatter. Yeah. Uh, there was, like, one crow on roof at one point. That sounds like a lot. But, yes, birds. overall, there were 19 instances when birds appeared. And a total of 87 birds. Whoa! <laughs> Is that an Isla win? That's an, an Isla win. Ah! Once again. Bird bet? Cooey! <laughs> <laughs> Bringing the massive chubs to eight, splish, and the malodorous sea lions to seven. Arr, 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 arr. Close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a fight. It is close. Yeah. We got a match. We got a match. We got a match. Over bets that I feel like I'm just throwing numbers in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> just throw it out there. I'm at a casino, dude. Uh, let me tell you about patreon.com slash easy allies. Uh, Patreon is how everything that we do is funded. Uh, we are partnered with our fans uh, who are generous enough to give us the support to keep making this ho- podcast, to keep making our reviews, and everything else that we do uh, from group streams to crazy bets and uh, preview coverage, all of that. And uh, we've recently brought back goals, uh, so go check that out on the Patreon. Uh, the next goal up is the $35,000 goal per month, uh, and we do that. Uh, we'll be doing hangout streams every weekday. Uh, right now we're doing them on Tuesdays and Thursdays. They've been a fun time, uh, but if we hit that goal, we'll get up there. And then, we're uh, almost there. Help us hit it. We're yeah. almost there. And then the 40000 is kind of like... The base operating expenses is like that's really where we should be. We're, we've 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 cut back on things, uh, and uh, 40k is is where we're, we're trying to get back to uh, for us to just be able to keep everything running for the long term. Uh, and uh, if uh, you become a patron, you get access to this podcast with two extra love and respect questions, and you get to watch it ad free. And then if you become a five dollar patron, you get to submit to love and respect. And uh, you also get uh, this on Friday instead of Sunday. And you'll get in on the Discord once we set yeah, that up. Yeah, we got a Discord coming up too. Coming up when we hire the community manager, which is hopefully soon. And then uh, at our, our top level tiers, uh, 250 and above, we have shout outs uh, for this podcast. And uh, this month's shout outs are Jaboabs, El Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, Nick, and Anna Croth. Shout, Shout out. out. Shout out. Sorry, Shout I was out. late there. Wow. <laughs> Counts. Count it. Isla. Hi. You won this week's bet. You get to promote any Easy Eyes video you'd like to promote. You get the final word on anything you've disagreed with, want to reiterate, or just popped into your head. And you get to sign off with your trademark sign off. Thank you so much, Bloodworth. I just want to thank you all for joining us here for this podcast. Um, please watch everything, every video <laughs> that we've ever put up. Just go through them in reverse chronological order. Watch them all. Um, my final thought is that 
every game from my youth was a sexual awakening. <laughs> uh, Zork? <laughs> Zork Nemesis gets hot. Um, good night and good game. If if only we had an employee who was into soulless, hyper repetitive mobile games 